Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, episode 10, anniversary episode. Today, we welcome our friend Monte Wiley to the podcast. He's visiting us from L.A. If you don't know him already, he's the man behind Grapplethon, Monte Blog, Monte Monday, um, and who knows what else. The theme of this podcast is service. So we hope this thing inspires you guys. Um, in the beginning, we're going to waste your time listening to my exploits with the Gracie diet and uh, how I am failing miserably, but still trying. If you guys want to get in touch with us, tell us how awesome we are or how stupid we sound, you can do it. You can find us at greatnortheastbjj.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, InstaFace, all those things. You can subscribe on iTunes or any other podcast app that's any good. If it doesn't have us, it's no good. Thank you, everyone out there listening. We hope you guys sent us questions, um, non-diet related, please. And uh, we hope this one inspires you guys. Sweet. Have you ever thought, man, <laughs> you know, young trophy wife in the parlance of our times? Uh, oh, we are back again. Welcome, everyone, to episode 10. Episode 10. Episode, I mean, it's pretty amazing, right? 10th mm. anniversary. And we still like each other. Well, yeah. I like you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I've always liked you. <laughs> I've always looked up to you. Really? Being that you're tall. You have made other bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um. So here we are, episode 10. Uh, in the barn. Yeah, back in the barn. It's nice to be here. Uh, last one, of course, was down in, in Massachusetts. I always, I mean, I like going and, and uh, you know, seeing guys rolling with different people. Uh, my knee's pretty fucked up right now. And like the tra- yeah. afterwards, I was real uncomfortable. My knee was really uncomfortable. I wanted ibuprofen in oh. bed. Uh, so I, it's nice to be back in the barn. It's been a while. <laughs> so as always, brought to you by... Crash Kimonos. Um, luckily, Crash Kimonos makes a nice belt that you can wear to keep your pants up because I've been losing weight lately because I ain't been eating. Lies. And you don't look like you've been losing weight. They, <laughs> 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 right, maybe not. <laughs> and we're not taking any emails today, all right? Because email <laughs> questions are stupid. And I'm not going to acknowledge them. All right. Well, these people have been listening, Ron, because our fans are dedicated. All right, and they listen to every episode. So we took an episode. We took an email question last week. We thought it was a good idea. Stupid me, who, to be honest, has never been on a diet in my entire life. I've never. I said, "Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Let's do the Gracie diet." Yeah, I'm trying. And what's so so? Tell me what you've learned. Let's start with what, right. what, what you've learned. Here. What I've learned is about myself or about the diet? Uh, I don't care about you. All right, good. <laughs> um, the diet, man, is complicated. It's, you think jujitsu is complicated? The diet is complicated. It is. Um, so first of all, I tried to do it without knowing anything about it, right? So 
Right. Don't read the instructions. Don't just read the Try yeah, to put the bike together. I was like, just drink water. It's more than just drinking watermelon juice. All right? Um, it's, I, I don't want to do it. It's about food combinations. It's about eating. It's about spacing your meals and not eating between them, which I have found. All I do is graze. I am a grazer. Yeah, I'm not um, a meal eater myself. Dude, I like not to at just all. Eat when I'm hungry. You gotta. You're supposed to wait four and a half hours uh, between meals. So it's about combinations. It's about you know eating good food, which is awesome, right? Right. Um, so I went into this thing, never having paid any attention to what I eat in my entire life, um, and I was like blown away. I was like, "There's no way I could do this. There is no way." You mean eat on a schedule and eat, eat what on a schedule, pay attention because you really got to think you it know out. This is like all diets, right? I guess I've never been. I, dude, I didn't realize why it was so hard. Now I know why it's so hard. You can't eat whatever you want, you whenever can't. you want to eat it. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I eat constantly. <laughs> um, so, like, I was like defeated ten minutes in, um, but then I was like, all right, because I looked at just the list of there's like Group A, Group B. You can't, you can eat all of Group A, but only one of Group B, and it's about not mixing starches too, whatever those are. Um, I was right, by the way, when we were talking about complex carbs <laughs> and Nate was giving me shit saying, oh, these are, no, those are simple carbs, aren't they? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, I, like, this is going to be broadcast and I want to make sure I'm right. So I looked it up and I was right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, so Nate, you're wrong. Good, good work. <laughs> wait, 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 everybody quiet. Nate, you're wrong. Ouch, okay, like, we, can conti- we can continue now. Um, so, <laughs> so I looked up some, I was like totally defeated, man. Looked up this blog. I, I just I was like, all right, I need professional help here, or mm. at least some help. You sure do. Yeah. So I need Horian. Horian, if you're listening, I need you to come and help me, or your son, Henner, Heron, one of them, one of any of them. I'll take any advice from anybody. <laughs> um, obviously. So uh, I found a blog, and the guy is like from a while ago, and the dude did the same thing, you know, except he probably read the book first. Because uh, there's a book you should get about it, it if you are interested in this diet, and um, they're like, "Oh, dude, the book." You know, he's like, "You got to the first week you just get used to spacing your meals out, and then the second week you don't drink soda, and then the third week you don't mix your starches, and then week four you do it. You get you 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 do the whole thing." Right? What if I don't drink soda anyway? Uh, then your third week is easy, right? Um, but anyway. The uh, so that helped me. That made me feel a little bit better, and I was like, "All right, I can do this thing." And then I spent nine dollars and ninety nine cents on the book on the Kindle, and I read Horian's introduction, and I was like, "He is." He, you can see where Henner gets it, because man, he had me fired up about the thing. Three pages in, all of a sudden, I'm ready to diet, man. I'm ready to diet, baby. <laughs> Until you try um, it. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. Like, so. What type of food is it? Type of food? Yeah, what type of food? Um, so, it's like all kinds of food, man. But it's all you know. You can eat meat. You can eat different things. But it's how you combine them. So you really got to like think about the combinations, right? And but you can eat anything you want. Like this morning, I did. Pretty much true to the. I did a, the Gracie breakfast that was Which true was? to. So I had, I had a, an egg and I had an egg white um, on a piece of toast. No cheese. I sacrificed. I ate almonds. I had uh, some mushrooms. 
Nice. But then I had watermelon juice, and I think that does not... I don't think you can combine the watermelon juice with other stuff, but watermelon juice is so good. Tastes so good. Tastes so good, man. It didn't feel that great. So here's the other thing. I'll tell you this thought, maybe. And then maybe we should just start, like we're doing a real podcast. But (laughs) I believe that the Gracies developed this diet. I don't think they really do it. I think they just developed this diet so their competitors would do it, and they'd get really tired and be hungry and angry. And the Gracies would just totally annihilate him because the dudes would be so tired and tired and, ang- and angry, dude. Anyway, but um, I'm still in it. I'm still in the game, man. I'm eating five hours <laughs> in between. I've been fast. I fasted a couple times, eighteen hours. You don't see more angry than you usually do, dude. I want. I want. I. Some, I mean, <laughs> I. I, I fucking eat all the time, so and to I, go five hours in between, I'm like. So I'm. I'm not a volume eater. Um, so I don't eat a ton of food, mm. but I'll tell you, so when I hurt my knee, I kind of like, cause I had plans for the summer as far as competition and stuff yeah. like that. So I was planning to compete quite a bit, like one month from now. And so I got, you know, a little bit bummed out and I started eating whatever I wanted to cause my plan was to drop a weight class and I was like, you know, getting ready to diet. Now I'm like, I'm not going to compete. So I'm just going to start eating. And so I start eating all kinds of shit. I'm eating macaroni and cheese, fruity pebbles with every meal. Um, fruity pebbles aren't with, in the Gracie every, diet. Every meal, pretty much every meal. I had like two or three bowls of fruity pebbles every day. Can I? I'm gonna <laughs> drop one in. Bookmark I'm, the store. Gonna, the store's coming very soon. That's the first T-shirt we're putting out. I think is going to be it's a, the fruity pebbles. Fruity pebbles fruity for pebbles. life. Yeah, we're gonna do that one for our first T-shirt. Uh, in a couple weeks, not so, weeks. not in the Gracie diet. Yeah, so Stay tuned. The, the 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 reality of what happens is I feel like complete shit all the time, <sighs> and Dude. so we made you know Liz and I and she does you know she eats healthy all the time anyway, and so I'm like we got to get me back on track, and we do it, and we did, and, and for the last couple of weeks I felt great, and I'm down to like just over 200 pounds, and I usually I used to at one point I was 235, and just eating the right stuff. I don't worry about the combinations. Like, just don't put shit in your body. Right. And, you know, you'll do fine. Like, I think supplements work good. You know, multivitamin, glucosamine, you know, fish oil, that kind of stuff. A probiotic. Winstrol. Winstrol, D-ball. <laughs> all up, straight straight in my ass, you know. <laughs> and it's funny, I feel really strong yeah, all the time. Dude. So anyway. You look um, strong. Today. On episode ten of the Great Northeast DJ <laughs> podcast, yes, now we're we have yes. now we're starting. Yes. Now we're starting. we have our uh, longtime friend, training partner, and yeah. and uh, in general, you know, great amigo Monte Wiley, straight from the West Coast, from yep. the West Side, from yeah. the West Side, yeah, the left, baby. the left coast. So before, but we should say, Crash Kimonos is awesome. You should buy one. Tortuga soap keeps you clean and smelling good. Right. And I think it's going to be in the BJJ box this month. So if you do the BJJ box thing. What? Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. Um, If you don't know about it, you should figure it out. And uh, Port City BJJ, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This room just got smaller. Good place. I feel like, you know, we got like a celebrity company, business owner in in our midst now. Yeah. How are you going to handle all this success, man? I mean, it Seriously, started with the, looking at me. the Little League World Series. Yeah, yeah. And now... Oh, that was you a high were point. in the Little League? Yeah, let me tell you a story. <laughs> about the time, I was the first kid from New Hampshire to get a hit in the Little League World Series. So listen, I don't want to derail the podcast, but could we talk about our guest now? I would love to. Okay, go ahead. Right. So um, 
Monte, why don't you, you know, uh, take a few minutes, introduce yourself to the community? Well, I mean, uh, that that's a great idea, but I mean, we know some I'm, things about I'm, this guy, and I don't want to put him on the spot. Where were you born, man? You know, yeah. Where were you born? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Ron, I'm really excited that you like my idea, because your approval means a lot to me. Yeah, I was just trying to be nice. I don't want to put him on the spot. Uh, what, uh, George, you met, did you meet Monte? Monte came into our life in a crazy way. But I'm interested, like, and we'll get to that, right? We'll get through Philly Pete, John Flight. John Flight. John Flight. So um, I heard that this story is a lot bigger than the one that, that Pete Phil, told. Really? Pete, it might be. Pete, Pete sprinkled the story on top of our cereal. Yeah, that was like about what Pete said. Shout out to Pete. That was like about 5% of how I got no to Port City Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. So I was stung, we, and I, we were talking about this in the car, or car ride here, and I was like, all right, stop, stop. If we yeah. talk, if we talk about this, Duncan's just going to get pissed at me, right. and he's you know you guys talked about all this stuff already, and there wasn't a mic. You know me and so well. So, so, so did you grow up in L.A.? Yeah, I was born and raised in L.A. for about like the thirty years of my life, and pretty much just been there ever since. Yeah, nice. So. We got to find somewhere to start. When did you start? How old were you when you started jujitsu? Or, or you start with you judo, start? right? Did you do well, judo? Yeah, I did judo. I did judo from 2004 until 2009. The way I got into jujitsu, or even martial arts in general, is pretty. It's pretty like an interesting, strange story. You tell the story. Well, yeah. I started when I got into college. I wasn't really having like that much of a how should I say social life. I would just go from. <laughs> From the classroom to the dorm, classroom to the dorm. And I really wanted to, like, do something. I'm like, man, like, I mean, college, I need to, like, make some friends. Do be, Were you in active. L.A. when you were in college? Yeah, I started uh, Cal State L.A. Gotcha. And so I was just trying to think, like, man, what do I do? And then my counselor was like, you need to get into, like, some sports. And I never did sports in, in high school yeah. or junior high or whatever. So I was just looking through the pamphlet, and then I found judo. And then I started doing judo. And then I saw these two white belts that came up to the um, to one of our training sessions. Yep. They would throw us, and then once they got on the ground, they would just beat the shit out of yeah, us. Yeah. And we were just, <laughs> I was, what the hell? They're white belts. We're we're orange and we're orange and, and yeah, yellow, yellow belts. Then yeah. yeah. Judah, like, who who are these guys? And then that's when I found out about jujitsu. And then six months later, that's when I started um, jujitsu at uh, Cal State LA Jiu Jitsu. Wow, in nice. 2004. Do you remember who, uh, I don't want, you don't have to call people's names out, but do you remember about that teacher? Was that a black belt teacher or was it a lower belt teacher? It was a lower belt teacher, but yeah. he, had, he had been doing jujitsu since the 90s, but he was doing like off and on. Right. And his whole like philosophy was pretty much just to just share jujitsu and that was it. He wasn't trying to like build his name up or anything like that. Right. Right. Share it. Yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. So when... Uh, when did you find your way to Hibero Jiu-Jitsu? I found my way through Hibero Jiu-Jitsu around the time when I had stopped. Um, I was kind of out of, how should I say this? I was kind of like out of the loop. I was kind of like tired of the academy life, and I was just training with friends and stuff like that. Right. And so around in 2011, someone had, being a writer and knowing like the, you know, the insides of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Somebody had told me that Sanji Ibero was moving to L.A. And I was thinking, like, get the fuck out of here. Sanji's not moving to L.A. And then I was just just like, you know what? I'm going to ask him directly. You know, people said that about Jay Mansfield. Yeah. When he moved to New Hampshire. Like, no way. Yeah, they were just not moving to Portsmouth. Get out of here. (laughs) So he came up. He came and started that academy in L.A., right? Where in L.A.? Around, I would say, in the... 
it was like mid Los Angeles, like West Hollywood area. Yeah. So we started that academy in uh, 2011. I came in as a blue belt. I was already like a blue belt like for four years before that. And he had built that academy up. It was a great experience. Learned a lot from him. Learned a lot more about like philosophies about jujitsu and life. Mm-hmm. And also just the, just learning from the from like straight from the source. And then after that, he had moved um, back to Brazil. Went back to um, San Diego to train with his brother. And now a new black belt is teaching there now. Nice. Wow. Incredible. Um, and that's where you train now? Yeah, that's where I train now. Cool. So what? So what's it called? Uh, Hibero, Los Angeles, L.A. Hibero, Los Angeles, oh. L.A. It is crazy if, if, if you guys haven't been out there to train before. And we're, we're lucky that we're taking, you know, we take, well, we're going to, and we're, we're going. We're going back. We're going anywhere. For a future work, podcast, right? not to be identified at this time, but will be one crazy recording when we get out with this guy. But uh, we're lucky enough to go out there and, and spend some time, you know, kind of immersing <laughs> ourselves in the jujitsu out yeah, there. Man. There is a world class black belt on every street corner. Yeah, pretty much. It's, I always like to call it the the luxury por- portion of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, luxury state. Right. Because you have you have pretty much a black belt all in San Diego, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Even up north, they have like really like world class black belts now. Everywhere, right? man. When I was a white belt, I was in San Diego and I took a private with Solo, and uh, <laughs> I mean. Aside from training with you, it was mind blowing, you know, experience. That I won't forget. <laughs> Every day you blow my mind, Jay. But I think nah. it's, it's probably different. <laughs> it was. All, I mean, it was amazing, dude. I mean, I, actually, I think I might. I might not even have known you yet when I took that private. Um, it was because that was like I was new. That was your in your interim state of jujitsu, right? Like your, um, your introduction. You would, well, he had, he was training I, somewhere. Well, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was training at. Uh, an MMA place, kind of, you know, but uh, so as we were doing jujitsu, but we went to San Diego and I had been reading the book he put out, you know, University of Jiu-Jitsu. Um, Great book. So, and to get to private with the dude, it put, took effort. There's no doubt about it. And, and a lot of money, but well spent and, and changed my whole philosophy and f- shaped my whatever into the way it is. And I saw him at the pans and I was like, hey, dude, you know, tell I, that's what I told him. I was like, I trained with his white belt. And, oh, yeah, but, you know, I was like, what you did was like, sh- you know, put me on the right path. And he was loving it. He loved it. You know, he's a good dude. Salo's incredible because he's incredible. Uh, how, how old is, is Salo now? Probably he's in his. I don't know if I just say this on air. <laughs> right, right? <laughs> I think you can. Yeah, but late thirties. Um, <laughs> early, a little bit more. Than <laughs> so 30. fifty something. He's been around for a while. Um, forty three. He's forty three. Yeah, I think, oh, Jay, I think you're dead. You're dead. Dude. Now I'm in trouble. Yeah, you're dead. Now I'm in trouble. Yeah. Which is a bummer because next year I will be uh, technically able to c- uh, compete in Master Three, which Salo has been owning. Yeah, that's his. That's what his, division? That's his, his division. Own, that's his, do, that's that's his domain. Good, that's his domain. <laughs> oh, I think he says it publicly. He's like, "I want guys." He does. He I've wants seen him. to be challenged yeah. in, the, in that division because he keeps on walking through people. Yeah. Have to step up. Uh, yeah, and this is my inspiration to lose weight. <laughs> right. Okay. Hell <laughs> out of that weight class. That ought to do it. So, <laughs> so how did you? So tell us the story about how you went. Tell us about Philly Pete and John Flight and uh, and how you ended up at Port City, man. Because yeah, that yeah. is interesting to me for sure. Once you said it was only five percent of the story, right. I'm, I'm like, like, I gotta hear this. Yeah, Pete, Pete blew my mind. Pete only told you like five percent of the story, but um, I knew Pete for like about a good let's see. I would say two years 
before I originally met him because I did a graphathon for his uh, friend and good friend of mine named John Flight. Mm-hmm. And so then I was thinking about going back to the East Coast, to, to the Boston area. He didn't know I was going at the time. So I was looking at other like academies to train like in Boston, and I was just going to stay at Boston. And someone said, you should go to other academies in other states because they're like super close. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, I'm going to go to an academy in New Hampshire. And so then I'm looking on the, um, you know, your regular Google. Right. right. And so then like one of the first ones that showed up was Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right. I was kind of looking. I was like, oh, that's like a cool academy to train Shout at. out to our IT department. Right, right. Amazing. <laughs> Whoever that is. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like um, I was looking on the Google and I saw the website. I was like, like looks like a cool academy to train. But then I was like, well, I, I'm not sure. I don't know how to get out there and right. stuff like that. So then I was talking to Pete about it. And he said, and I was thinking like I was thinking about going to this academy in New Hampshire. He was like, "Which one?" You know, I was thinking like Port City. And he was like, "I think you should go there." And so then I was like, "All right, if Pete says I'm gonna, if Pete says to go there, <laughs> it's a done deal. It's a done the deal. The word of God, right?" So then I was planning my trip. You know, I say, "Okay, this is how I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna take the train, catch the bus, right. <laughs> and go and go straight to Port City. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. right. Around that same time, I got this weird friend request from Facebook." And it was from Gabe Richards. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, who is it? You should put that word in front of everything. I had yeah. this weird conversation with her. Gabe Richard. I got he this weird friend request. Gabe. Yeah. Richard photography. Richard's photography. Weird Richard photography. No, Gabe, Gabe's, Gabe's fantastic. He is, he is awesome. He makes us yeah. look good. He's a great guy. Yep. Yeah. And then so I was thinking like, hmm. And at first, I was going to delete it because I just know. <laughs> I just didn't know who he was. But then I, then I looked at him and I was like, oh, he's the guy. He's it the was a crossroads guy. in your life, man, right, <laughs> right then. You didn't know it. <laughs> it was the, um, that's the photo guy. Right. And so then I add him and he knew my stuff from the stuff I was doing, I guess, like a BJJ MMA writer. Mm-hmm. We exchanged words and all that stuff. And, I, and then I remember he had made this post saying, you know, fresh new start at Port City. I'm thinking like, you trade at Port City now? He was just like. Yeah, I train at Port City now. Like Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> he does a good... It's, I swear it's gay. He's like... Yup. <laughs> that was, was a good like, impression, man. I was like... <laughs> I was like, well, you know, that's that's kind of funny because I'm going to be at Port City. And he was just like, well, why don't I pick you up? <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> I had to, th- I had to, th- I had to think for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a serial killer? No, 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 no. I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm like, all right, you can pick me up at the station. He just has a serial killer voice. He's not a serial killer. Well, so, you don't know this. The jury's, the jury's no. out. Yeah, I mean, who jury's knows? out on that. So, uh, yeah, if I remember correctly, Gabe brought you to the academy. Yeah. is that right? Yeah. So yeah, picked me up at the station. It took a long time to get out here that mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. of some. Track maintenance. Oh man, that sounded three and a half hours or something. Three and a half Wait, hours from from where? North Station to Dover. Damn. Dover. What? Oh no! I would have jumped out the window or threw myself under the tracks or something. It's, especially during that time, because all we were yeah. seeing were these like these trees. I'm thinking like, yeah, can we no. stop seeing trees? For a second? <laughs> that's so yeah. It's, like, it's normally a, for everyone listening. That's like a forty minute ride. So yeah, forty five minute ride. But anyway, keep on going. So and you, so yeah, met him at the train station around eight thirty. We went to his house, you know, um, his wife, Jenny, fixed us some really good lobster mac and cheese. Wow. Yes. Nice. nice work. Took, us, took me back to the hotel, picked me up the, um, the next day. 
And the next day, that's when I arrived at Port City. That's fantastic. Right. I don't know if the lobster and mac and cheese combines well under the Gracie diet. You're not supposed to have che- cheese, cream, and pasta together? The dumb diet. I don't follow the Gracie Dude, diet. I didn't know anything about it either, and then I committed to it, and now I'm supposed to know. So how did uh, – so I need to know, like, uh, how did you get – so we know you – through that, but then we've had Dan Dion, who we've had on the podcast, and Grapplethon. How did you originally get into doing that? Oh, hold, let, or, let's, all right, all right. What, Monte, in your own words, talk to... So Monte is what we kind of in the car ride here kind of labeled as the caretaker of the Grapplethon now because it wasn't his... He didn't start it. Nah. So first of all, I guess uh, maybe talk to us about what Grapplethon is and what it is, and then uh, go to the beginning because I thought that... that the inception of the Grapple Thumb is an interesting story, too. All right. So, the Grapple Thumb is pretty much like this open mat charity event where every, everybody from various academies get together and just train for a periodic period of time for a person to eat. Most of them that do it do like with charities, such as, you know, uh, the Make a Wish Foundation right. or any other like organization that um, Cure takes, like for cancer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The ones that I do, or even like, Guys like you, like you did for um, Dan like yep. a couple of months ago, M- mines do um, individuals. And there's a reason why I like to do individuals over actual doing like an event like for a charity organization. And the reason I do that is because I want people, because I use this as my experience as a BJJ MMA writer to kind of get like an in-depth look as to what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So if I do it on an individual, you get to see it like firsthand like as to what cancer is, what they're going through, what they're, like, the whole, the stages of chemo and all that. You're actually, like, following their story so you get a full idea as to what it is. Right, and you were saying that, that it, it takes a long time to put these together, and you are you get to know the person really well before you set these things up, and yeah. you, you you make sure you do this stuff right. Yeah. It's crazy. He said, it's a, uh, how long does it take to set up a grapplethon? Uh, like, a small one, like a regular one, Anywhere between two to three months. Right. Big one? A big one, for example, the one in the one I recently did in Arizona, that one took six months in the making. Right. So these things are planned. You I mean, and you get to know the individual that you're that you're driving this thing for. Yeah, I have to get to know the individual. You gotta get to you gotta have good friendships with the people with the gyms that you're doing at. Most of the people that I do gyms at, they kinda know me and I know them, so it's kind of like an automatic let's do this thing. Right. So it's it's a it's a long process. It was amazing the the timing of kind of us all meeting and kind of getting together, uh, you know, leading up it's to unbelievable to to Dan getting sick, and and using that as a driver. You know, the grapplethon being a jumping off point to the weird to thing was like this. when Dan got it the second time. I was in a hotel room in Philly and we were visiting Pete and Jared, and like Dan said, sent me a text or something, and I was like, oh my god, man, and then like. I was like, the first thing I did was like, Monte, I got to do a grapplethon. Right. Like, it was like all these forces in my life. Right. To clear together. it out. So, Pete and Jared are at BJJ United oh, yeah. in yeah, Philadelphia, yeah. right? Yep. Philly. And, correct. Uh, right. And of course, in the end, you can, I'm sure everybody's picking it up by now, but people who haven't heard the about previous episodes, basically, uh, we've become friends with all these different people around the country in these different clubs. And that's one of the things that's interesting about uh, having Monte here is because we, you have these same, same you know, the, connections. The same connections. Yeah. You, yep. Like you said, you knew Pete. 
um, and then probably Jared as well, or whatever before this. And these all, a lot of this comes together because of the gravel thon. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So Pete, did Pete know John Flight? Is that how that worked? Or yeah, Pete was a, Pete was a longtime friend of John Flight. They were they were friends since they were like kids growing up in the neighborhood doing right. skateboarding. Did you do a gravel thon for John Flight? Yes, I did that one back in. That was my third Graffathon, and it was like in 2013. How'd you find out about him? I found out about I found out about John Flight through, I think it was it was a bunch of it was a bunch of my friends that used to post these stories about about the guy, and about his like battle with cancer. And it was just for him like it was just like so amazing to see this guy like he would not be he would not let anyone know that cancer was defeating him. He was always this, he always had this model called PMA, which stands for like positive mental attitude. That's what that means, huh? I saw it on the back. You have a picture of uh, one of your geese where you have that printed on the back and I didn't know what it stood for. You should, it was funny because, um, it was, because I know what it stood for and that me and John probably we used, to add, like, we used to make like this funny joke. I was like, that stands for positive mental attitude. I thought that stood for something else. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 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 So that's I get it. So that's how you so you and Pete and John that was kind of the connection there. Yeah, like like I was just I was just talking with John. I would tell him I wanted to do the graphathon for him because I used to hear a lot of stories about him through like other friends on Facebook, and then mm-hmm. that's how I got in contact with um, John. Right, and then from there, Pete had uh, like mysteriously gave me a friend request and just said, you know, thank you for helping me with my friend and all that stuff like that. Right. So, right. So you went to Philadelphia. Like Pete was telling us, like you showed up and met John Flight. Yeah, um, me and him became like he was actually like one of my. And not to say that I'm not cl- friends, close friends with any of my other graviton stories, but me and no, John no. Flight, we were your that boys. Was, that was that was my boy. Yeah. And so then one day I remember he was talking about he, he was going through his um, bone marrow transplant and was c- recovering from that. And around that same time, that was like almost like the the bracket, like where my birthday was. And right. so I was like, why don't I make a trip out there and just surprise him? Yeah, that's awesome. And then so I contacted um, Pete. I was like, hey, I want to come out there, but this has to be like a secret. I don't want him to know about this. I want to <laughs> just surprise him. And then so he was like, yeah, he was down for it. And so then he had picked me up at the hotel, showed me around Philly, kind of looked out for me. And then that next day, that's when we went to go see John. Nice. Nice. That is amazing. Through you, man, like the things you do are amazing. I'm not going to, I mean, they blow me away. And through you, I've been like turned on to all these stories of John Flight and Ian from, uh, like I, I was, I've through you, I started following his story like, you know, six or nine months ago and, it's blown. I mean, I'm like, yeah. It's really interesting to mind blowing to watch what jujitsu meant to those people themselves, and mm-hmm. then what jujitsu means to either the community and the people around who get involved in the grapplethon. Um, you know, I, I think the the it's easy to talk about a grapplethon like a charity event, but I think it it takes everybody's mind and focuses them on one particular aspect of jujitsu, which isn't you know points and you know, whatever your, you know, techniques and all that, but rather a little bigger concept. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes so much more than that. Like it, it's not only just about helping out the person we're doing it for. There's people that have made a lot of friendships through Graffledon. Dude, look at what has right. happened with us in the six degrees of Monte, Philly, like Monte, Monte Dan, or one six, degree, yeah. whatever. Seven degrees of Monte yeah, Wyatt. Yeah, dude, but it's amazing, man. It's like... <laughs> 
you know, uh, I, I was uh, listening to the Sharp Iron podcast about you know their trip to Philadelphia, and Derek was talking about the quality of people that you meet through jujitsu, and you know, in in the context of this, you start to think about how rare it is for a community to be able to spawn all of these things that are 100% for the benefit of other people. Yeah. You know, people like Monte going around the country raising money for people that are, you know, are sick or in need. You know what I mean? He's not getting paid to do this. And he, and he invested an incredible amount of time. And that's the same story you're hearing about these other people, that it's all born out of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty rare community. I don't think you get that. You know, if you're a, a kung fu guy, or maybe you do, maybe I'm yeah. wrong, you know, but it's pretty amazing. Well, what do you think, Monte? Why is that? Do you, can, you, can, you, can you think of why that would be? I mean, I imagine that, you know, you, like you said, you do this, you're not getting paid, you're going and doing all this, but you're landing in places where everybody's like, fuck yeah, let's do this, right? Like, you don't have to force people to come to these things. They're all doing it together. What do you think it's, what is this? Why is this working this way? I think it's because maybe, maybe a lot of people's like, um, they kind of realize like this, this concept is like bigger than the mat itself. It's more about like just real life situations. And, they, and, you know, we always have this situation where it's kind of like, you know, we're kind of, I don't mean, I don't mean like the diss city body or anything like that. No, no, it's, it's all good. <laughs> like, you know, we get upset when we lose and all this other like little, little situations that we encounter in the mat. But when we see this person is going through like a, a cancer battle, it's just like. Life and death. It's like. Literally. Like, not, it's like, not really? points and advantages. And then so, you know, you know. This is compassion that comes out because we learn. We, that's one of the main things we learn in jujitsu: compassion and respect. Right. And so, and so then that's what makes us motivates us to want to come out and just help that person out and just show that person support. You should have seen. I. It was amazing that day. First of all, Devin fought. I think that was the one where Devin fought the night before. <laughs> there's yep, there's a one. hell of a story there that oh never has been told, but we don't have to do it today. <laughs> Jordan, <but laughs> Jordan I, I'm driving to the academy. Devin won. and You don't know this. <laughs> Devin, Devin won his fight. and Devin Powell uh, is uh, Devin one of uh, Jay's students who uh, fights MMA, and he had a fight the night before, and Jay cornered him and we celebrate. Stuff. We celebrate the wins. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I met him. Um, you met him last yeah, night. Yeah, you met him last night. He was in Nostos, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and uh, great, yeah. great guy. We were great driving. Guy. I was driving brother. up there. George, he, yeah, he's family for us yep. for sure. You know, I've known Devin for so long, and we've been through so much together. He was a he is and was and will always be a huge part of Port City. But you know, so I'm in really rough shape. I got literally like 40 minutes of sleep. It was like ah, well, before the grapple time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so I'm driving up. George is calling me. He's like, hey, you got your checklist, man? You got, you got like all this different stuff. And I'm like, George, I need you to bring me a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right, never, man. Yeah. I'll just see you when you get there. I knew. I knew. Didn't, I didn't like, happen. Right. I'm the one who got the text. Yeah, I think I yeah. Hey, man, can you bring me a toothbrush? I'm like, but, yeah. So the re- recovery was fine. I get, I get there, you know, I, and I was jazzed up when I, when I got out of my car to, to go in. But when you walked in there, there were so many people that we had to set up additional mat space. Whoa. Um, We actually took over the next room next door. The next room over. I mean, and it was so cool because people came out of the woodwork from PMA and Ed Carr and Burgess and a bunch of other academies. I mean, one guy, he's uh, like, he showed up with six cases of water, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I figure people are going to get thirsty. Like, water, Gator, uh, Powerade. You know. I was, it, it was an emotional day for sure. Because Unbelievable, man. No, none of these people knew who, who Dan was. Yeah. They just knew he was a, a jujitsu brother, and he was in trouble. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, and there was a little, uh, there was some interesting shit happened at the end. There was an auction. Guy mm-hmm. who was very new to jujitsu, who just, you know, was blown away by the moment and was him, he himself was independently wealthy. And he just, uh, you know, he sort of beat everybody for the auction for these gloves that we wanted to get signed and stuff. And then, oh, uh, I remember you were telling me Yeah, and we that. found out, yep. we found out in the end, he just dropped the money and left He'd, the gloves too, you know, like he was just. Huh, huh. He and was the, more about the moment than the actual, yeah, um, the, you know. Was, you know, what's funny about that is the night before when we're at the fights, I was talking to the guy that donated. The, uh, the gloves? The gloves. Uh, I mean, can I mention can by say, name? Yeah, yeah. Man. So Steve Rita, everybody knows him in the MMA community, martial arts community in this guy. area. Very UFC good referee. UFC referee. And he gave, good dude. He's, he immediately, he's like, oh, you're doing, you know, a, a charity event tomorrow. He's like, auction these off. See if you can get a couple bucks for these things. And it was, you know, yeah, the, and I didn't even know they were his. He's not. No, none of these people were pushing their brand. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to push my, you know, my brand by auctioning stuff. He was just like, he was just helping out, just trying yeah. to help. And I was like, that's awesome, you know. And at the end, I, I would, you know, I, I, and people were, I was like, hey, we're going to auction these gloves off for for Dan, and you know, people like twenty bucks, you know, forty bucks. Like we were at like forty five dollars, and one guy goes, hundred bucks. And I was like, "Whoa! All right, uh, anybody, anybody else?" And this guy, I wish I, I wish I knew his name. I wish we could get in touch with that guy. If anybody knows who he is, uh, goes two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, yeah. And wow. it was nice. for a thirty dollars pair of gloves. Yeah, it was just a moment. It, it's a great moment. Great moment. So you get to. I mean, you're part. This happens all. I, I, how many grapplethons have you done? Do you know? I've done since 2013. I've done nine. No kidding. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, it's amazing, man. So three three in 2013, and ever since then, the other years, two. Two each year. Because they are, like I said, like I'm like really like pinpoint about like what needs to happen mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I'm like, that's why it takes like a long time to do the grapple-thons. So right. where, did this thing, where did this thing begin? Well, uh, like contrary to what people may think, I'm not the creator of Graffathon. Right. I like to say that... Uh, I had to put that out there. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to get. I don't want to get any emails. <laughs> but what I will say is, I'll, I like to say is, I'm probably like one of the big promoters for Graphathon. Graphathon started actually back in 2011 in Montreal, right? And it was called. It wasn't called Graphathon. It was called Rollathon, right? And I think they were doing like for another charity organization. After that, it made its way down to South Africa. <laughs> Which is weird because it kind of jumped over the United States, right, yeah. right, right, right. And then it made its way to England to one of the guys that was really doing a lot of grapplethons in that area by the name of Khan. I can't remember his last name. Right, right, right. The way I got, the way I started doing grapplethon was because a good friend of mine, a martial arts mentor, had passed away, and I was thinking like I need to do something for his family. Cancer or I mean, it's an it's another reason. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, you don't have to get. So you were trying to help his family out. I was trying to I was trying to help his family out. So I was thinking like maybe I should do a seminar, but maybe that was that's too much. I was thinking like why don't I just do like an open mat event and I just have right. everybody roll and get a couple raffle gifts. And the funny part is the way I the way I came up with the name Graffelthon is from an actual pro wrestling event from like nice. 19, oh, yeah. 1987. So I was just like, I'm gonna just call it Graffathon, and then that's it. So then, you know, the, the event happened. You know, we were rolling. Everyone, everyone loved. They were just like, "Man, this is something new. You're doing something new. I never, I never heard of this before." Right. And it, are you gonna do it again? I was thinking like, uh, I wasn't making plans. <laughs> 
And then, so like about two months later, people would see me at terminal. They was like, hey, when's the next growth? When's the next hmm. growth? I'm thinking like, I just had this idea like, I got I to gotta keep doing this. Right. So. Just amazing. Yeah. Really is start starting international grapple thons, right? Um, man, uh, I keep, I think of it in terms of cancer because Dan, but you did, but it's for it's for various causes, right? 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 Like there's some people that have gra- that had grapple thons, like let's say for for example, there was one in uh, Denver where the family their teammate's house had got burnt down. Mm-hmm. And they had raised money. Like I, don't, I don't remember how much. I think I know they raised over a thousand dollars just to help the family out through their um, through their trying times. Yeah. Right. So gravelthon can be for anything. It can be for people with cancer, people with you know death in the family to pay for the funeral bills. It can be for a lot of various reasons. One of the things I noticed about uh, the one that that happened up here. That's my only experience with gravelthon was the one that uh, that happened up here. Um, there were there were a number of, uh, of of different positive effects other than just raising some money. Uh-huh. Other than that kind of stuff, part of it was I think a lot of uh, especially in 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 this type of martial art, which is a, a sort of realistic martial art, maybe more than one that's just maybe more artistic based or that kind of thing. Um, you know, some some clubs run their clubs for business. Some clubs run them in a more casual way. Some clubs are sort of, you know, MMA training type. Some of them are, uh, you know, a little more experimental. There's a bunch of different ways to, to approach Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? Or jiu-jitsu in general. And a lot of the times the clubs, you know, you don't meet the people from the other clubs. The only time you meet someone from another club would be if you were competing. Yeah, exactly. And there's, and there's a positive vibe there too, but you know what can happen, especially if you have a bunch of different clubs that are, uh, that are, that are doing it for profit as well, right? Because, yeah. you know, and there's a certain amount of loyalty you want to have to each club and you want to be careful. So if in, in a way it kind of sets up like the Jets and the Sharks, you know, and this was different. I mean, there were people from everywhere and everybody's just having a great role. It was just, let's just roll. Like, there was none of that potential for politics. It was where you like, would think there would be a huge potential for politics, almost but there like, really wasn't. Almost like breaking down the barriers. Um, no, I mean, it was. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're being, you're being uh, humble, but it's that exactly what it is. What it, is. It, it, you're, it goes back to what you were saying before, where people are going... This is a little bigger than, you know, my relationship with martial arts or my personal relationship with jujitsu or what belt I'm at or my school or the people that I learned from. And by seeing it from a different point of view, by looking at it in terms of let's just all get together, let's raise some money, let's do this for a good reason, everybody shows up kind of for the right reason. And Nobody's stealing techniques or doing some bullshit or scouting someone that I'm they might have to. Yeah, just, no. <laughs> well, except for Jay. But uh, <laughs> no, and, and it was it was really good. Since then, I haven't seen any of those people. It's it's kind of it's a motivator to just do this again, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, not you to know, mention you're rolling for we roll for three hours. Three hours, man. Yeah. Oh, we. I've heard there's longer ones. Yeah, well, uh, the longest one I've done is like about four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Four hours yeah. of rolling. It sounds right. awesome, actually. Right. You right? Well, I mean, you're as one of the as the standing black belt. I mean, as a, as one of the number of standing black belts there. Obviously, you're going to roll the entire time. So I have an idea. Just to keep this thing moving forward, I had an idea. Let me throw it at you. Maybe this will work. Wouldn't it be cool if there were a couple of little maybe 
mini games at the Grappledon that could raise some money quickly? Oh, we've we've done that. Uh, Have you done that? Yeah. Okay. Well, because tell me what's there because I have an idea. But you go. Well, one of the ones I. I used to do back in 2014 is this thing called the Big 300 Challenge. And that's okay. pretty much where collectively together, everyone together has to roll over 300, 300 rolls. 300 <laughs> rolls. So, I'm, I'm not, you mean the total of all the rolls? Right. Total of the rolls has to be like Were these timed rolls kind of things? Is that what you mean? Oh, no. This is like, let's say, for example, if me and you are rolling, mm-hmm. then I count as one, you count as one. And let's say if it's about... 50 people at the Graffle Dawn, right. you can complete those roles within right, like right, about right. a good yeah, hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. An if hour everybody or so. Was, if everybody goes. That's a cool idea. And, and then you get an extra $300. Ron what, is what, dying. What, what dying other mini games you. have you had? Any other mini games? Other mini are games. You gonna, are you going to bring up the one that Pat did, that Nate told us about Pat no. doing? No. that was a horrible idea. No, This is a whole no. different. This, no. <laughs> Dude, it was no. so bad. We're coming from a completely <laughs> yeah. different direction, Jay. I'm just saying. That was, I, I, I want to know. I want to know <laughs> what you're so talking Pat, about. This, this, oh, wait, before you say anything, this is not the idea I have. We'll put a pin in that. You know it was. Ahead, I think that's where he was going. I think but, so, too. So we, we've talked for, for everybody on the so, uh I erased you know, this from my mind, to so, be honest So, right. Pell has... I did. Is that bad? Oh, it's yeah, just uh, horrible. It's, bad. it's a really bad <laughs> idea. It's just weird. So, you know, uh, you know Mike Pellegrino? Yes. Uh, and he runs uh, Mass PJJ Arlington, uh, and Nate Ryan runs Acton, the, both Mass PJJs. And um, Nate originally started Acton with this guy, Pat Barbieri. If you listen to the other p- podcast, you've probably heard some of the weird ideas that Pat has come up with, like rolling in underwear. Um, and so Pat, Nate Probably comes not to, a good idea for the grapple thon. No. Uh, and so no. Nate shows up to Acton one day. Not a good idea for him. He anything. walks out on the mat. Was it Strip King of the Guard? Is that what it was? Yes, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And there was a couple guys that were down to their jock straps. And that, Nate was like, first of all, you're all dudes. And that is not the idea of Strip anything. Right. And second of oh, all, that's just weird. Well, I mean, I, there's like three guys it, it, in, in jock straps. Setting, no. You need to get your geese back <laughs> right? on right I, now. I do not do that at the I That is not the plan. I get mad when people take off this like, let's go. Let's take off our shirts and roll. I'm like, no, guys. Put your shirts back on <laughs> and start hey, rolling. The is kind of a, it's a public situation. You're going to be Because you got kids there too and yeah, all that right. stuff. So, it's like, so anyway. Your idea. I had an idea, right? So you get all these guys there, right? And you okay. have... What's the outlier? The outlier is you got a bunch of black belts, right? And especially if, you know, the guy who's hosting it, like if he's a black belt or there's a couple of black belts from the host, wouldn't it be cool to say, like, you know, you know, you know, um, you, you know, when you go to the fair and you got the, the dunk tank, you know, you have the guy who sits up on the chair and you get, it's a buck a ball, right? You throw a ball. Dude, we should you give get him a, a dunk Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's so awesome. So you, you throw a ball and if you hit the thing, the guy falls in the water, right? And, and of course you miss over and over again. The guy taunts you the entire time. And that way you can make a lot of quick money, right? Well, no, that's not respectful for the grapple thon. But wouldn't it be cool if you just... Everybody puts in, let's say, five bucks a roll. And whoever taps the black belt gets half the money. 
Oh, I've, I've done that at the Monte Tap Out ah, Challenge. Can't okay. do that at Port too. City. Okay. There'll, be, that, there'll okay. be no money. Whoa. Hey, that did, <laughs> see what just happened? That, that do you did, see what just happened? That did not work well. Well, I'm not suggesting that you, hey, that you put yourself up for this. No, but, but listen. Are, but do you hear what Joy just said? Like, there are people that would ride, would be, would be happy to take that bet. Oh, I, yeah. I have a whole other no, idea but Think now. about what happens before we move on. Let's say Jay stands up for this. Let's say he goes, all right. I'll do this. The more he doesn't get tapped, the bigger the pot is, which means he's got a huge motivator to not get tapped. So if I don't get tapped, does all of it go to charity, to whatever charity it is? Yeah, that would work. I like it. Ooh, that's good. I haven't thought that's about good it. Motivator I really thought me. it out. I need, I need to make a note. Of, I need to make a note of that. No, I mean, right? get, that's, I'm trying. You to know help. what's funny? Like the second guy is going to tap me, and Monte is going to be like, "Jay, you <laughs> fucked that up this idea whole thing." Sucks. That was a no, no, no. You start again. <laughs> yeah, you start right, again, right? right? No, it's for it, as long it as, won't as, go as, down as, like as the black belt wants to do it, right? I, I'm it doesn't have to be one pot. But I'm going to start with the blue belts that are similar weight to me. What and I'm saying is, you see, and remember the gravathon can be three or four hours. Right? Well, it the point is, well, no, I mean you can work that out. But the bottom, and it would be up to the black belt to do it. But the idea is that you're going to have. I guarantee you, I will throw five in. In fact, I'll probably put up twenty just to see, just to see people that come at me like a bat out of hell. Time. Oh, I, people are going to be Which there. I'm fine with. No, no, no. Like there's going to be guys that don't have any money. You know, they might just not be wealthy. I'm given this. 280 pound dude, five bucks. I'm like, like take oh. this. Here, take 15. Three tries, buddy. Okay, he's going to throw the NBA brothers at me like in a row. Yeah, and you could set a timer, you know, a minute or two minutes or whatever. That would be good. I think it'd be fun. Stack the, as lot, long as stack the competition, Howder style. Yeah, put the yeah, throw Jay on the yeah, device. As long as it's Jay. Yeah, as long as it's Jay. As long as it's Jay. How about, how about Jay, five, five bucks for every single person I tap? Oh, same kind of thing. Well, I like the thing is, it's not that. It's that you can get out. You get out of the role by tapping somebody. They pay five bucks to get in. That's why it's cool because you you basically like if you wanna you wanna take a shot, pop five bucks into the pot. Yeah. I like the idea. You I can think do it with King a, of the Guard too. Yep. Or that, or, the guard. Or, or get the black belts out on the mat. Right. And everybody do you throws. Know, do you guys, does King of the Guard something everybody plays, or is that just our school? <laughs> Such a strategy. Do you know what the King of the Guard is? <laughs> it's just me. What is, what is King of the Guard? Yeah, you don't. Okay. I don't, I don't know what it is. All right. Um, okay, cool, King, cool. King of the Guard, uh, it's a good warm up exercise. Like after people get a little bit loose, you line up, uh, depending on how many people are there, usually it's four or five guys on their backs. Like everyone's in line, and there's five guys on their backs. You get in their guard. If that guy sweeps, five sweeps guys or submits, he stays. Yeah. And if you pass his guard, now you're on your back. Oh, we do that in the Monte Monday class. Right. Yeah. I, I figure it's got a different name. But yeah, yeah. That, that I think would be, that was an, well, but that'd be a separate mini game. You know, you don't want to have just right. one mini We'll put them all together. It's like the carnival of jujitsu. <laughs> one of the other things that we used to do back, back in the day at Roberto's, and uh, I don't know if you'd want me to say this, but uh, <laughs> Kenny, we'd finish class. Now. And uh, we, you know, we would have, you know, sat there for the last hour and a half killing each other, like, but very tough roles back then. And uh, Kenny would separate the groups into into two groups, and we would do Royal Rumble. <laughs> everybody go, everybody goes against everybody. Nice. Like, you'd We've be done right. that at Port City. Yeah, you could, you could team up. You could team up. Yeah, like all Kenny would do is run around and find the, his opponents that were rolling with someone else and grab their leg, ankle lock, go to the next guy, ankle lock, <laughs> grab the next guy, ankle lock. And then I it's don't know like how we would make any attack. money on that in, uh, in Grapplethon, but, you know, it's a neat idea. There's a way. 
So everybody, right. everybody puts in five bucks, and the winning oh, team get gets in, half the prize. Into the, into oh, yes. Rumble. Well, I, and and that, that seems and, particularly and uh, and it's professional itchy. wrestling style. Oh yeah, I'm totally for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> who's 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 your favorite wrestler of all time? My favorite wrestler of all time. Ooh, I'm gonna go with Jake the Snake Roberts. Ooh, oh, nice. Wow. nice. I like the old That's school. That's an interesting call too. Yeah, I, I've I've said that I would probably go with Sean uh, Sean Michaels. Uh, really? No. Uh, Degeneration uh, X. Yeah, man. He's yeah. A, dude. You got to do your homework. Do your homework before you. We should have had you on. No, with Jimmy. Like, you know maybe, Jimmy Quinlan. I just don't like him. Maybe he's like he's a wrestling. Well, we don't uh, have to. He knows all. Like dude, fanatic. Trivia fanatic. Like he yep. knew everything. I got exposed real quick as to I know nothing. Oh, he was like, no, that was WrestleMania five, and it was in. No, this year. I, I, I didn't oh, know yeah, that yeah, it was, was every year. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, remember that guy? Remember when Big Show fought this guy right. at WrestleMania five, and and he was in the in the uh, at the Academy, and he's like, I don't really want to expose myself. Right, right, right. but. That wasn't WrestleMania. Yeah, that was that at the was uh, police academy, right? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Funny story. If you listen, to, if you listen to the Jimmy Quinlan podcast, yeah, Jimmy Quinlan's podcast kind of, yeah, uh, we we did a bunch of different promotions, and that one kind of fell in between promotions. So we'll have to go back and, and point that one out. That's a fantastic that was a great, episode, was a good and one it didn't sure. quite bite on. I, I don't know if the how, listeners got it. How good is his trivia compared to my wrestling? Well, trivia? I don't know. I don't, that's what we need to set up. Oh, now we we kind of need to set that up. Jimmy, yeah. I, Jimmy if like you're in the fire. area, right? We need like, we need you. Come to the barn in the barn right, right now. Right. So can we can we do something though? This is I really think that for a great Northeast BJJ podcast, we need to rent a dunk tank and all our listeners know. Riddler's in the tank. Oh yes, <laughs> Riddler in is in the tank. I will put up the cash right now. I'll do it. Listen, I'll put up. can we do this right now? <laughs> go we get go, the tank. You want to, you want to swim Look, in the pond? Is that we could stop the podcast right now. Go live with it right now and tell everybody to come to the barn. Yeah, I mean, our audience. This is the audience. This is for you. Please make. Send us some messages. Of, the, you like I'm this? We will make this happen. I'm, I'm the Teflon Don, guys. Do you want I, us to dunk the Riddler? People, the Don of Teflon. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just keep moving on, man. Nobody, nobody, nobody gets, nothing gets on, on me. He man. keeps on keeping on. No, it just doesn't doesn't get on me. Though. Are you saying? I'll You're do it, sure. John Gotti? No, no. I'll I'm put, saying I'll, I'll put twenty on. I know you. We're already building this funding be, right now. This could be a charity George, event, of George. The what, year. I'm, what I'm saying is, you can put up a thousand bucks, but nobody's going to hit the target. Dude, no one's going to hit the target. No not one's going to hit the target. Not even someone who's Amanda's in, saying she can do it. Not even someone. Who was in the Little League World Series? Oh, now he's calling out everybody. Yeah. Shots fired. Everybody. Do you notice the, the way this conversation has gone? That was the pot shot at you. Now, then he was trying to give people money to try to beat me up. Right. You see how Not this is going? To. He's definitely going to do definitely that. Definitely going to do it. I actually <laughs> love that idea. I know. That's why it was great. I'm looking at you and you're smiling the whole time with the whole idea because it's perfect. Right. And you know what? I would imagine there are other people that would you know stand up for that challenge. I'll be going for like an hour. And then I'm going to get Al. And I'm oh, going to be like, man, motherfucker. Right. No, the thing is, we st- start sending the kids. Planet in, Rock. The little guys. You want me to get tapped by a 12? See what he's trying to do to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah send, send them last. Yeah. Oh, no, you know what it is? That's what they should do over at Mass BJJ have, with Mike. He should take the kids. Have you ever seen the, uh, the there's a, a quick, like one of those instant websites put up for uh, how many six-year-olds could you beat up? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a great because it's, like you put it in. It sets up badly though. You have to like fill that. out a questionnaire about like yeah. 
how big you are, how strong you are, how athletic, do you have any training? And then it, it compiles all the information and comes out with, this is how many six-year-olds you could beat up all at once. <laughs> and it was cool. It'd be like 12. And it, but you think about what happens here is the numbers pile up, and it's like you eventually you lose. Yeah, man. There's too many of them. Too many. They're coming at you like and a they, pack of wild they, hyenas. And they bite, and some of them are still trying to get potty trained, and it can be bad. <laughs> but you could, you know, I don't know. I just like the minigame idea in general. You could have the kids do a tug-of-war or some bullshit or whatever. They could play bulldog or whatever. I just It would be fun to, the point is, if you're putting up a little extra money to get into the, to the little competition, nobody has to do it. They don't want to. They don't feel pressured. But you're gonna just make some quick hundred bucks here, quick hundred bucks here, quick hundred yeah, bucks. It, it Everybody's be, fun. Yeah, it could be separate from the uh, indoor donations, right? And right. I feel like I feel All like right. for for me to be honest, uh, I mean, I'm making jokes. I, I think things like that. What I took away from the grapplethon, obviously, we made some money. It was really good to see everybody in the same room together for a good reason. But we also got some really cool stories out of the whole thing. Too. You know, you got to meet people, you got to see, everybody kind of had to show up and do the thing. I didn't know Steve. I didn't know Steve Rita, mm-hmm. right? But then it was funny because he he pulled a bunch of people into Grapple Donovan. You saw like a day or two before on his Facebook, he's like, all right, all you motherfuckers who are, you know, he didn't probably even swear, uh, <laughs> but he was all like, everybody who, everybody who's always wanted to punch me in the face because <laughs> he's the ref. He's like, show up at Port City, we're going to do Grapple Donovan. And then uh, was it Adam? Sawyer, somebody uh, who was at MassMMA.com. He just plastered it out in yeah, front of like 10,000 eyes. It yep. was crazy. It was I'm, I'm walking out of the that night. We went to see Dev the night. I think it was the night before. No, anyway, whatever. I was walking out and uh, I saw him. We were at some event and I saw him. He's like, yeah, dude. I just. Uh, oh, yeah. We were at. Uh, yeah. That was. Yeah. Mass yeah. MMA. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, uh, yeah. I'm like. He's like, oh, it's like, I don't remember how many. It's probably, I don't want to understate. I, I thought he said 10, but it could be like 80. I don't know. People a lot of people. Him. It was huge. Yeah, I, I you can't look rem- at it and you go, oh, my God, look at all these people. Somehow Wait, he- I called George. I texted you and I'm like, I think we're going to need a bigger boat. And you're oh, like, yeah. don't worry about it, dude. We're all going to be fine, dude. Oh, don't stressful. worry about it, dude. How stressful. We'll be fine. We'll just show up, really dude. Was. That was, was like, stressful. This is going to be. But a- it went perfectly. It was another one of those things where you stress, 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 and then it goes perfectly. Yep. To be and, yeah, to call, no, and, and to call them out, um, great uh, the the Seacoast Sports Clubs that we yeah. were at, yeah. they came the f through. I mean, basically that morning, there were like a couple of hundred strangers showed up at their sports club, and yeah. they're, they're, we, it's not a we, we're well you you know you 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 came this morning uh, and you saw we're in a big sports, sports complex club. which is not dedicated to jujitsu. We're just this one little part. Yes, of it. it is. Yeah, and those guys. Like just those man? poor people at the front. Desk that's what they must have been like. For. What just happened? Right, that's right? why they come. That's for. like that's must have been for. like a zombie invasion. You know, it's a, they just took over the place. Yep, it, that was a cool, and they had no problem with it. We gave them yeah, a heads up really as sweet. to what we were doing, and they were like, "Yep, whatever." Yeah, the owner there is is, is a very cool guy, and he's always like kind of. Kind of giving us carte blanche to to run our programs and much, to do things right? the way we want to do them, and you know within limits, you know. But we also there are rules. Yeah, but we're super respectful. This, I mean, all this do, is we're not making like jokes, Vietnam. This is not yeah. Nam. There's yeah. rules. No, there are rules. Is, uh, Listen. So I just had this thought, man. Like you know, you Uh-oh. trained under I know, right? <laughs> you trained under Shanji. I would, you know, like Salo is like my one of my you know whatever heroes or whatever it is. He's a lot and of like, people's. Yeah, right. I mean. I love him. I love him. But so I saw this video one time where he's talking about Hickson and uh, 
because he trained under Hickson and Hoyler, I think. Um, and he's like, Hickson is the last samurai. And like a lot of people don't know, but samurai means to serve. And that's what you're supposed to do, man. You're supposed to be out there like in samurai is to serve. And that's you, man. You're you're getting the service part. You're the samurai, man. You are like living the samurai. Nice. I'm not. I'm not done. I'm. I'm, try, I'm trying, but no, I don't yeah. think I'm done. So. Right. I hope not. I hope you're not I'm done. Not, I'm not I done. Hope you're inspiring us to do. You know, to serve and to keep that. Yeah, I know you guys uh, listen to the podcast. Know I harp on this shit all the time, but it's like y- y- this is a fighting art. I mean, you're you're you get to know people real well very quickly, right? Like, I mean, you and I rolled today, mm-hmm. Monte, and that was like it only took a second or two to go. This guy's not going to kill me, but. It's not going to be but easy you, you or never fun. Know. No, no, but no, but that's it. Ron's always I mean? got to come with this thing for you. But. No, but it's true because you're because well because we've seen how this thing can go bad. You're teaching people how to beat the shit out of people, and some people don't get the samurai right. part. Well, they a, go directly to. Or, he's I think a good I better train. do what something you're, shitty. What, Ron right? is say, or, what you're saying is he's a good training partner. He's a oh, good Monte. Trainer. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, 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 no. What I'm saying right. is. But that's the thing. I think that what you were saying that Salo said is hugely important here. You're teach, especially Usually. when you're teaching these kids how to choke each other. It's like, you know, you want a fucking five year, five, fifth grader taking it out on, you know, three kids in the, in the, in the parking lot. That's not how this works. Yeah, right? that's, why they, that's why they set up like little rules and regulations. Like, you know, respect your training partner, leave your ego at the door. There's even some people that go like to like super restrictions to make sure that everyone has like a, creates like a positive environment and something that can be considered by many as violent. Right. This is what you're doing. Do you see what? I, that's what I'm pointing out. Yeah. You're bringing this into the mix. If you don't do this, you got a bunch of people who have. You know, exactly. some of them are great, some of them are da da. But this guy comes along, and look what's happening. Everybody's doing this for a completely different reason. All the kids that are there are watching all these adults doing this with a really positive vibe, positive Nobody, mental attitude. Everybody mm-hmm. is samuraiing it, and that's what this shit is doing. I, I, I'm just calling it out. It's you are an example of how to do this right. That's awesome. Thanking you for that. Without a doubt. You're, wel- you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I was, so I, I think I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Monte, but I probably will anyway. What the heck? <laughs> but I'm going to do it. Uh, but anyway. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, with all due respect. Like, might, might as well. This is like when people start off a sentence, no offense. It's like, right. no offense. Uh, the paraphrase like, is no offense, but I'm about to offend yeah. you. No offense. Don't, don't, don't get mad. Don't, you promise not to get mad. Promise not to get mad. You promise not to get mad. I think I saw something you wrote in Monte blog. Um, and I'm not saying you said it exactly like this, but it was like maybe like for there, you know, there's there's some people have everybody gives belts different, whatever. Um, and you were bringing out the point that maybe the service work should be a part of of becoming a black belt. And you know, I don't know, but what do you, does that sound familiar? Does that sound like oh, something that, you wrote about? Like, what do you think? You know? Oh, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. So. I mean, I think I 100% agree. I 100% agree. What you mean? Yeah. Well, the reason I said that is because what I feel like a lot of times in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is we, we, we're only we're kind of like stuck in this bubble of two of pretty much two things: training and competing, training and competing, and that's all that's all it really is. Like if you if I look on a lot of my Facebooks, that's what I see a lot of. You know, they're talking about training for the next tournament, competing, and all the other stuff. What I meant by to add the charity part is it's just another way to just expand people's people's um how should I say jujitsu experience 
while also showing like the human humanitarian side of it. Right. Right. Because if they do that, then it's kind of like you know, they're sh- they're broadening their experience, mm-hmm. and they're saying you know, I don't have to, you know I don't have to do a lot of just competing. I can you know I can help people. I can be I can be diverse. Right. And that's one of the biggest things. Like I well, I've been how should I say blessed to do in my experiences. I've been able to compete. I've been able to train. I've been able to do. BJJ MMA Ryan even cover some big events, mm-hmm. right? And also do cherry stuff, right? And it's interesting because when you think about it, it's the it, people's experience in jujitsu is really diverse. They're into this for so many different reasons, and it's not always I want to get good at jujitsu so that I can go compete and, and beat on guys. Other, some other people just want to be. Um, you know, they want to be part of the community and they want to learn some self-defense and they want to do different exactly. things, right? And so that, it really pushes that agenda to understand the different types of people that are doing jujitsu, right? And I, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And I think there, you know what? That's one thing that other martial arts sometimes have. I've, I've heard of karate programs as an example, sure. that there's a public service component to getting promoted through the ranks. And I know that, jiu-jitsu the a lot of it is based on technical ability you know the and and there is some other stuff is if you're doing a lot of teaching those components come into part of the decision making process when you're promoting someone but it would be really good like we were talking about before the quality of people that do jiu-jitsu just to say hey like you said being a samurai is, is about service is if is to give back some of what you've gained through jiu-jitsu or give back to the community somehow and learn that that is an an important part of what you're learning being part of the jiu-jitsu community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, coming from coming from judo, I think it's I'm glad that there's no real governing body in uh in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I like the idea that the um uh you know, you don't need to be part of the organization to have a card in order to be able to compete, things like that. This is all things that come from uh from judo, right? Uh like Jay's always saying, we're kind of in on the ground floor. It's a it's a young martial art. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is compared to many of these other ones. But I, 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 I think that while it's probably got to be up to, the, up to the instructor and up to the instruction style, I can't see how that's a bad idea. I mean, it's certainly if it, uh, certainly being, in being involved in schools where people aren't making their only living by doing this, right? Um, I think the downside, I mean, there's certainly a negative side to that. You know, you run into some peop- some schools where, like, if you get your purple belt, you have to teach and you have to do this and you have to do all these things. And that could be good. It can also be just sort of a business move, which, which sucks. You know, you don't want people paying you in order to do the work mm-hmm. that you should be doing. But, That's a great idea. But again, but I, but again, I you can think, do that. You know, I'm, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> in theory, uh, don't give Jay ideas. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay, don't take it out of George's face. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm the guy who harps on shit over and over again in these podcasts, but that's the point. You come to the Grapplethon, and none of that shit's there. It's none of that's there. It's all just doing the right thing. And this inspired a lot of people to do their own Grapplethons. Yeah, yeah. At least the ones that I've hosted. You got any going on right now? Like, any in the works? Um, not, Nothing going on right now. Hopefully, my goal is to try to have one in October. Yeah. I don't know who it was for, but right. wherever the journey takes me, that's what I'm going nice. to do it for. I think you should do the road trip thing again. I mean, I know it, that that 
complicates kind of organization the way you do it. But I think to get that, you know, you've done a lot on the West Coast, like maybe expand. You know, we read these stories all the time. Like, like you know, if you if you've gone around, if you've I know involved, all about all these people. You know, yeah, like I like, know them. It's crazy, and they're not just in the Northeast. They're all over the country. Right. Like people that you meet through this New York, Arizona, and California. Your network must be so big. You hear these stories. Like all the time, yeah. Like I remember when I did the one in Arizona. That's what really kind of like inspired me. Inspired me to say, okay, I could do this anywhere. Right. Yeah. That would that, be cool. That Arizona one just shocked the hell out of me. I I went thinking like I'm just gonna have thirty, and then uh, Ryan Bogart, who was the guy I was doing the gym at, he was like, no, we're gonna have sixty. What was like, the gym? It was a uh, team Bogart in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Nice. nice. So six, so that one went really well. There was that a lot one, of people. There was that one went really well, and we had nice. the family there, and the um, uh, Braden Hughes, who we was doing it for, he was on the he was on the mat training. Yep, I saw a picture of you training with him. It was, it was awesome, a, man. It was great. How, and uh, I, I mean, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being completely literal. It was it was amazing how completely normal it was. Like you showed up today. Everyone's like, "Hey, my day's here," you know. Say, "Hey," and then you just roll with Dan. It was great, yeah. And it was like, and we just kept going. And you know, it was that was that felt really, really good. That that you mean today? Yeah, today. Yeah. Dan's doing his thing. It's getting yeah. better. You guys roll. You just keep moving. You know, that's that that simple little transaction. I thought I, I was really moved by it. I thought it was pretty amazing. That was also that was also rolling with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Catch him on the other side of this thing, and right. you know it comes full full circle, right? Which is amazing. You know, you think back to the the first time that you met, you came to Port City and you met Dan, and then Dan got <laughs> sick, and it's like you deploy your you know your arsenal on the situation, and then you come back full circle after yeah. he's on the back side of this thing, and you get to roll with him again. That's yeah. why I'm saying, like, it's amazing what you do has put me in touch with all these different people, but also. Now we're friends with, I mean, we pro- maybe we'd have met him eventually, some, but like we're friends with Philly Pete. You know, mm-hmm. we got this super connection with Philly Pete. Those people you, don't like you, George. I know, but I like them. <laughs> and that, they, they like George a lot. That, that counts for some, It doesn't have to be reciprocal. As long as George likes them, that's, that's all, all yeah, that matters. Yeah, right? I mean. So, so you travel a lot now, it seems like, with, the, with at least when you travel, you go to different Places like when you were up here in the Northeast, this has been a short trip. It's only been a couple of days, mm-hmm. but you hit a bunch of different places, right? Yep. What is that experience like? Is that something you would suggest people do? Do you think it helps on the jujitsu level, or is it just a personal thing? Is it a writing thing? Well, it was well for me. It was always just about just going around training, just me and new friends, and pretty much just seeing like you know different parts of the world. Because right. that was one of my biggest um, dreams to do. Like when I graduated college, I was like, I want to visit other jiu-jitsu academies, visit other states, and just pretty much have a ball. And then through that is, it is funny because when I go inside of academies, I don't tell people who I am. I don't tell them. I never tell people I do grapple-thons. I never tell people I do MMA writing. Oh, so you show up and you just sort of take the class. Yeah, I just show up and take the class. Oh, I thought you were, oh, I thought it was all pre-planned, no? Oh, no. I just say, hey, my name is Monte, you know, I'm in the area, can I come train? Really, and then it's not until afterwards that they realize. Some of them realize, like, what it was about. Who I am. What's your experience? Do you find most of these academies to be, you know, you shouldn't call people out in a negative way. I don't mean that, but I mean, do you find most people welcoming? I mean, honestly, I've all the academies I've been to, I never had a bad experience at really? any nice. of them. That's fantastic to hear. 
some you meet more like closer friends. Other like for example, you know, me and you guys at the right. Port City, and some is just like you know. Well, pre- we're pleasure. really, really good-looking people, without a doubt. Yeah, all of us at Port City look fantastic, so it's easy to make friends with us. But it's the weirdest comment. Uh, <laughs> this is. I'm talking to the guy from L.A. From L.A. <laughs> he totally talk about where good people are. come from. Good-looking people come from. Mate, I love your state. I love it. So uh, you got to on this trip. You got to check out Fenway Park. Nice. What? Really? Yep. Did you go to a game? Yep, first day. Ah, uh, did you sit in the bleachers? No. no. You're like behind home plate, hey, right? Hey, home plate. This is Monte no, Wiley we're talking about here. This is Monte Wiley. I get you call me a bleacher guy? No, Come on now. no. I love, I, you give me a choice to sit, I'll always sit in the bleachers. Fight I love sitting in the bleachers. Those are fighter words. No, no, I used no. to go, we used to go sit in the bleachers when I was a kid. Yeah, I love and, that. And uh, it was like $10. Yeah, no, it's not $10, but it's, yeah. It's probably $100. I, I'm, I'm right. I know. Bleachers. It's unbelievable. I, I used to work for a famous baseball player, and we used to get to sit in his seats, which were like right where all the foul bowls would go. Like, it's just easy, right? Like, you knew it was going to end up there, and to be honest, it was fun. So you, just, you caught all the balls, but the bleachers. <laughs> no, I didn't catch it. But the uh, <laughs> but the bleachers. All were, the balls. I, thought, I thought the bleachers <laughs> were way more fun. At per usual, <laughs> <laughs> those guys are always projecting shit on me. You so you got that? to visit the best team in baseball. That's <laughs> yeah. nice. The most prolific baseball. Yeah, team congratulations for seeing the the really good team, friendly Fenway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick, just the best. You're catching us at a good moment. All right. uh, kick, oh, kick, so, kick Oakland's butt that big day. poppy dude. Yeah. I mean, big poppy the greatest clutch hitter in baseball in history baseball yeah. history it's funny the 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 way that new england sports fans are we are a different breed we're, we're of people. assholes we no, are assholes and, and we're right. also right and we're always right and it's <laughs> no, always and what win. you what have you done for me lately <laughs> yeah. it's like people will love the like they'll love the red Sox this year because they're winning and they'll hate the red Sox last year because they were losing <laughs> and it's like it's so it's a very tough town to be an athlete, you know, I think probably, you know, there's some guys that are new to the Sox this year that are probably, you right. know, like David Price is probably feeling this a little oh, bit. Oh, that's like not, intense, I'm sure. You yeah. got to earn that respect. You got to earn Big that time. respect. You know what I mean? That's the reason why David Ortiz is so popular is because he's done what he's done over a huge career with the Red Sox. But guys, especially big money players, they show up and they don't perform. And like Carl Crawford. Like Carl, Carl Crawford. crazy Carl Crawford. He's out He's out in L.A. now, I think. I think you can't call him crazy Carl, Carl Crawford because I think that was Carl Everett's crazy that was, Carl Dude, Everett. he was amazing. You see what happened? Yeah. Carl Everett talking. was amazing. <laughs> New England sports. Uh, Here we go. Oh, it's gone. So, but you, but it, I've, as of legendary things, you went and trained at Jimmy Pedro's. Yeah. What? Right? You went to Pedro's? Yesterday. Was Jimmy there? Who was teaching? It was Travis Stevens. He's, oh, he's the best. There's a Nogi class, too. That's crazy. No kidding. Yeah, I, I went to a Travis Stevens Nogi class on yeah, Friday. Killer, yeah. Sick. I got a chance to roll with him. Oh, nice. Holy cow. He's a savage, huh? That was a train wreck for me. You beat up Travis you Stevens him, that man. bad. Yeah. Wow. For all you listeners, Monte Wiley, after you know a long plane ride, jet lag, <laughs> yeah. beat up Travis Stevens. I don't think that's what he said. I don't think that's what he said at all. It was a train wreck. No, that's that must have been great. Yeah, that but you, great... you trained Nogi though. Yeah, we did. Jimmy's. We did yeah. Nogi class. Yeah, it's funny because um, there is not that much. Uh, judo in America came, uh, came later on, right? Even though it was right after the war, there was a. There was a, a big set in San Jose. Uh huh. Right. It's a big sort of enclave of judo out there. And then San yeah, Jose. San, 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 San Jose State Judo. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, it, there were only a couple of people who came by, but then there, was a, there were a couple of people who trained like 10 miles from here during the war. 
right after the war, started a judo club uh, at Pease Air Force Base, which is, again, like about maybe 10, 15 miles from here, mm-hmm. right? And that set of people, there were like three guys that they learned, they came back from Japan, they, you know, they, they learned there. Those guys ended up moving across uh, New England, and one of them stuck around here. And then what used to be... The one that the Portsmouth Judo Club actually was the, the was the first real judo club. The one that was in Portsmouth was the one where I met uh, George like eons ago, and then there was another one called Tohoku, which is still around, right? Uh, in uh, Somerville, right? Somerville. Somerville, Somerville, Mass. And all these, it's so funny because judo is so structured. Everybody does exactly the, the same, same thing. thing: same warm ups, same setup. You know, of course, there's a, a whole ceremony to starting and. Jimmy Pedro's dad and the guy that we learned from, who's named Cal Potter, uh, George and I learned from, those guys knew each other right, right from the start, right? And they're all related to each other in their own ways and stuff, and they all know the families and all that kind of stuff. But the idea that that stuff is still happening right there when you tap into it, it's like what Jay's talking about going to, uh, you know, Roberto's, right? I mean, you're tapping into the very root of it. And the you, very, the very source. When, where mm-hmm. you are, where you're going through Saulo and all those guys. And it's like you're reaching and you're seeing the, the very beginning of all this stuff. And uh, I'm fascinated with that shit anyway. You right. Know? And you hope that, you know, when I think about what my experience has been and talk to other people about what they've been doing, you know, what, how jujitsu has affected them, you hope that that happens more often than not. Sometimes the jump is really big with the, with how fast jujitsu is growing. These guys get they either compete a lot or they open an academy. And sometimes I feel like if it happens too fast, you might skip that middle step where you really get an appreciation for where you're coming from and what it takes and the community aspect and the and the family that you like. That's all. That's everything for me. You know what I mean? If it was just a martial art or if it was like going to the gym, it's like I go and I do my thing and then I come home. I think I would have quit as a white belt probably. But I got hooked on the on the family, you know what I mean? The community of people that you... Right, and the good and bad that goes along with it. Um, you know, you just look at uh, Ronda Rousey's uh, you know journey, which is started in California and she ended up coming out to Pedro's, Pedro's. and learning from those guys. And then she ended up leaving that whole group and moving around. And, and it's... Uh, it is. It's it's a complicated thing. It's not always all positive, but the overall effect of the whole thing is, like you said, it's family, community. And again, as a result, you, you seem to be teaching the right things along with the techniques, not just... Not just anything. Not just choke this, break this, you know? So do you think... I'm going to... Quick topic change. Do you think Ronda Rousey's coming back? <laughs> no. No, I don't think she's coming back. I don't think she's going to fight again. I don't think the motivation is there anymore. Right, like she's doing other stuff. She's making movies. She's like, "Oh, my commitment to do this and that." Doesn't sound like she's really focused on fighting. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't mean like to take that away from Ronda. Obviously, nobody knows what's in Ronda's head. But that's a good point. She could be pregnant. Oh, (laughs) here you heard it first. Here, wow. She's she's having for me. She's having turtles, baby. Right, right. No, I feel exactly. Uh, no, I feel like uh, no, I feel like isn't that the same for for a lot of people? I mean, who who are, are who are athletes or you know artists or even politicians or whatever? Yeah, think- where you don't you just you, the 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 arc isn't always better, 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 better forever. What, all that motivation, being an underdog and fighting so hard and doing all those things, you finally get there. Then the motivation is. 
you know, win, 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 make a lot of money, then what's the motivation? Like now, I mean, all those things that probably drove her all the way up until now aren't even there anymore. I, That's I just my opinion. I, I think she's already like kind of set her her name yeah. in MMA to the point where even though that loss really did a lot of damage yeah. to her, it's kind of like she can move on now. She's made a lot of money. Through, yeah, I mean, whether or not, MMA. yeah, we're yeah, living in that moment. Yeah, we're living in that moment. She'll like, always be the first yeah, champion. Right, we're living know? in the moment right. where we're like, oh, look at how badly she lost. So I guess you could say there's a motivation to re- avenge that loss, but... That's such a different motivation from if you read her book, you know, she had a pretty heavy motivation to be somebody Mm -hmm. and it was way bigger than, you know, medals or money and all that. And it's like, here she is, you know, how do you, what do you want to, how do you go back to that engine again? You know, how do you, where do you get all that motivation? And if she gets her belt back, it's kind of like... What now? I know, right, you're back. And so I think just like so many things, you put 20 years on it. And people are going to go, yeah, I mean, she had a, a, a really d- a difficult loss at the end, but you're going to look at the whole thing. Of it course, doesn't it's negate the body of work, that right? body of work, yeah. It's um, just in the moment, it looks like she's I don't. Lost. I don't think people, like, in my opinion, they weren't looking at that whole body of work. They were just, it was almost like they were waiting for her oh, to lose. People are crazy, man. And were, so they oh, could I jump on her. They could, couldn't her be lose. more, right? Yeah. People yeah. are crazy. I, I saw, I saw a, uh, an article, even I think it was this morning, actually, on... Um, you know, on, for example, the different politicians, different artists and stuff. What do people love? They love to see reality starts go crazy, but what do they love even more? They love to watch them fall, right? Yeah. And so that's, 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 that's the just fucked up what it tells you about human nature. Well, true, but it also kind of points out to, like what we're saying here, athletes who finally make it to the top. Everybody's behind them, and then they're like, okay, let's kill them, you know? And same thing with politicians and artists. Because so, it, MMA has become more like of or really is really mainstream. So it's almost like, and not to say that MMA is fake or anything. It's it's almost like Hollywood now. Oh no, it's not fake, but I think you're right. I think you're going to see as much uh, time spent, if not more, certainly minutes wise on the story of the athletes as them actually fight. In terms of like people like knowing them, like, you know, like, If you put, if you ask the name, like, who's Conor McGregor? Yeah, everybody's Everybody knows who Conor McGregor is. Yeah. Are you still writing? Doing MMA writing? I haven't been doing it as, I haven't been doing, how should I say, religiously as I used to, but I still do it, like, off and on. So it's like a, so just for your blog, or you do freelance stuff for... You've written for some pretty interesting places. What are some of the Yeah, I wrote it for for, uh, BJJ Legends, uh, MMA Corner, and uh, I'm now writing for uh, My MMA News, and I'm actually writing about some people like in the early days Mm -hmm. that went on to actually become champions. I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to say any names, but yeah, some of them people that I rolled about had um, started like early in the beginnings of their career Mm -hmm. and become like big time champions. So it was really, it's interesting. Some of the, some of the early, you guys were talking about the early, uh, you know, say WWF wrestlers at a time, right? I still say WWF. Yeah. I, I feel like now, if you look at like Diamond Dallas Page, you look at a number of people have these second careers. Yoga. Yeah, the yeah, D- I mean, GDP yoga. Right. Well, I just feel like that's a really interesting thing. I would read about that all day with the MMA guys. I want to know, I definitely want to know what's happened to this MMA guy that's fallen out and this guy, this MMA guy. Like, look at the uh, look at the story of Justin Wren, right? When he stopped, I mean, it's not that he's really probably stopped fighting, he probably hasn't retired, but, you know, he, he used to be all about it. He was on See with the pygmies? Yeah, he know he's he's done a completely different story. with my story. people. The old pygmies. But but I'm interested I'm a pygmy. I'm interested in that story. So there's I mean I'm sure you could find people who've been shot out of the back of the UFC machine and have a still have a story to tell. Kind know? of like the uh, 
an addition like where are they now yeah but i mean yeah but again i feel like high achieving people not always end up well but but can end up really well you know yeah so via have you taken a look at the card for tonight no, I, I haven't looked at the card tonight. The Brazil card is pretty good. There's some big, big fighters on there. You got uh, Jacare's fighting Belfort tonight. I know, right? Vitor and Jacare. I I'm, I'm going with Jacare. I did see. I, uh, I want to see the old school, but Jacare right. is just so powerful. Right. He's so powerful. The uh, what's his name flipped off the? You see Matt Brown. Matt Brown. Matt, Matt Brown. Brown, yeah. Matt Brown's on the card? He is. Matt He's Brown's fighting Damian uh, Maya. Damian Maya. Yeah. I I'm go going with, with Maya on I'm that one. I'm going with Maya. Yeah, he's just too much of a stud. Um, His jiu-jitsu for MMA is so solid. Cyborg the chick is... Uh, yeah, the only reason she's able to fight is because it's in Brazil. Right. The quote-unquote <laughs> regulations are a little bit different, I guess. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to bet against Cyborg on this one. That chick's tough. Like, and she's not she, small. Smith. Like, yeah, yeah, she's a powerful chick. Yeah, dude. I mean, who know? you never know until these things happen. But it's interesting. There's no doubt. So, are you doing any? Like, are you doing any writing? You do a blog. I do the the monteblog.com. I haven't I haven't started doing too many blogs yet, but I want to start doing it like as early as next month. And then I'm still going to be doing like a little bit of MMA writing. And this, what, cool. you, this is what you do for for a living, right? You write. Is that what? Oh no, this is this is my side thing. I have right. a I have my own, as I like to call it, paper job. Yeah. Is uh, it writing or no? Your it's, paycheck. It's, yeah, my paycheck job. Yeah, we all got that, man. <laughs> but the writing thing is just like being a side thing because I've I've loved writing ever since I was in high school. Yeah. And it was just one of them things where it kind of just transitioned. As a matter of fact, come to think of it, the the. Braden's Braden's mom, the one I did for the Graphathon, she's the one that got me into MMA writing. No kidding. Mm-hmm. This was the Arizona Graphathon? Yeah, the Arizona one. Jocelyn Hughes. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, because I had heard about her son, like, for a while. She used to post all these um, Facebook um, posts about, like, her, her, her son going through chemo and all that stuff like that. I was just like, man, I can't just sit there and just let that happen. I know this lady. Yeah. And so then I finally had contact. I was thinking, like, do you know about the graphathons I do? She was like, no, I haven't been following. I was like, well. I might I, have something for right. you. I might have something for you. Right. And then, you know, do the, just the good connections and then just almost playing the waiting game, we was able to make it happen. Have you thought about doing one of these things internationally? Like take it back to the international roots and maybe do one France, like something like that, that'd be cool. See, Khan, Khan kind of owns that area right. in the grapple house. I don't want to yep. cross over to his territory. I think you should go for it. I think <laughs> I should go for it. Set trip, right? Set, Mexico, set. who knows, man? I mean, Costa, who knows? Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Florida, Florida. <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, I don't know. George, could you show us around Mexico? Have you been to Mexico? I've been to Mexico. <laughs> Mi hermano. I love it. Me gusta. Me gusta. <laughs> me, me gusta. Which, which part? Um, You've been through the good part? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I well, I mean, yeah, totally. Not the bad um, part, though. Not like the... I mean, it wasn't as crazy as it is now, I think. You know, like, it was mellower. People's heads weren't getting chopped off, I don't think, when I was in Mexico. <laughs> Say that like it's um, a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. It is if it's your head getting chopped off, man. That's, that's a bad thing. Um, it's a bad. It's a bad. <laughs> that's a bad thing. Period. Seems like it. What? Uh, what's how long is how long is the recovery? Yeah, it's a while. It takes a while, man. It takes, it takes a, while. a while. Gives you a little bit of a headache. <laughs> what's Monte Monday? 
Monte Monday is the class that I teach at uh, Hibero, Los Angeles. And pretty much what we do in there, we just go over technique. If people need help training for tournaments, we just go a lot of cardio, drills, and a lot of rolling. Ten, and, ten push-ups? Not the ten push-ups that we did. You need to implement the, that into the, the, the thing, man. I'm going to implement it. Nice. Were you like, were you like hey, these would be ten easy push-ups? Yeah. yeah. So I thought, I was, like, what I was, the I was, hell are these guys? A bunch of push-overs. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, like, ten push-ups? Oh, I could, I could kill that. Right. And I was like, like uh, this isn't ten push-ups. Maybe it meant ten exercises. <laughs> right. Ten push-ups. That's coach for you. Right. Every class. Uh, so it's been brutal. Sometimes he does the... Uh, Real long planks at the end. Oh man, he can plank. You basically out. plank. He can plank and do like uh, you know. There's there's exercises he did in the uh, in the police academy because he recently went back to to police service and when I say recent, like well, I don't know, a couple years couple ago. Couple years, yeah. So we had technically had to go to the academy again, and they were easing there with a bunch of young kids, and they're like doing leg raises or like you know, kind of when you're on your back and your heels are six inches off the ground. He outlasts all of them, every single guy in the room, and everybody quits. And he's like, "Sarge, I don't know what to do. They won't go down. <laughs> My legs are stuck. My legs are stuck." Ah, uh, he is—he is an animal. I mean, a, he's a freak of nature. Close to close to sixty years old, and rolls with everybody at the academy. Great shape. Yeah, beats the piss out of him. He was uh, head lifeguard at, at Hampton Beach, which is just south of Portsmouth. Whoa, for nice! Like thirty years. Long time. Yeah. Um, do you like teaching? Yeah, I like it. it. It took a while for me to like get used to it because, um, the reason I started teaching is because I was kind of like taking a break from a uh, competition after doing like a bunch of tournaments as a purple belt. Mm-hmm. So when I started teaching, it was started off, started off rough. But then once I started getting like my kind of a format and just kind of get to know each of my teammates, like what they need in terms of like helping them get ready for competition and stuff like that. It was easy. Like every day, I look forward to Monte Monday. I think I've only missed like about since I've been teaching it in October. I've only missed it two Monte Mondays, and that's when I was out of state. Right. It's I, the. I think you. It's something you don't realize until you start doing it, but teaching really makes you think about the way that the techniques work and the way that you absorb stuff yourself because if you're going to show it to somebody you feel like you got to have the details down pat and it makes you think about the techniques a lot more deeply and then when you go back and you start doing those techniques the steps kind of are, are imprinted on your mind at, to make sure that you do things the right way because you just talk more over and over and over and over again and told people don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And it's they create these cues that are imprinted on your mind of what to do and what not to do when you're rolling. And I think it really does make your jiu-jitsu much and better. Exactly. For sure. For sure. You, uh, what's, your, what's your academy like? Is it like a mix? I mean, most academies are probably a big mix. Is it mostly competitors? Is it mostly like, you know, regular people? Like 50-50? What, uh, you know? Well, my academy, well, and first and foremost, the, uh, the black belt, na- their name is uh, Ricardo Wilkie. Yeah. He's one of uh, Sanji and Salo's black belts. Nice. And the way the academy is ran, is, it's almost ran kind of like, you know, do what you want. He tries to set the structure up where it's very mellow, it's not, not a lot of drama and things like that. So if you want to compete, like, you know, he'll help you compete. And also, you know, I'll try and, like, help compete when I do the Monte Monday classes. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of com- competitors 
in the academy. I'll say like we had like about a good three. I'm probably like one of the ones that did the the most tournaments right. since that academy's been open. But there were some like really good blue belts that's been doing tournaments like since the beginning of this year that really love competing. Right. It's most- I think it, I think it's an important piece of the development to at least do it a couple times just to see what it feels like and see mm-hmm. how, your, how your mind reacts to being in that environment. I'd imagine there's a, a translation to the self-defense component as that as well. Huge. You know, because you're dealing with your emotions and all the other things that go along with, with performance. You know, I, I mean, it's certainly for me when, uh, when I competed in ju- judo, it was even coming from, you know, I'm, I'm used to being on stage and doing things, you know, as a musician. Even just those moments I thought were really important. And I didn't compete that many times, maybe 10 times total. But uh, the difference between the beginning and the end was, it was marked really big difference where you learn how to deal with all this you know excess emotion all these kinds of things and see yourself doing great things even under pressure and stuff and i watched what happens like with with george you know he's been competing a lot and uh you know your 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 attitude when you're competing is just perfect it's really good really positive just going in there and killing it and uh well, okay, you know, it sucks, man. You know, <laughs> you and your positive he attitude. Like he doesn't like it when <laughs> I talk real stuff. I could just make fun of how like short he is. You like I that like more that better? Part, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. George, you're also really short. It's really amazing watching you compete because I'm always like, are they really in the same weight class? <laughs> That's because I eat everything. No, man. because he's so short. It's like, how do you even do you get to the guy's legs? Like, all he's George, put his bro, hand on I your forehead, ankle like Abbott and Costello, and they you can't touch him. Do you I think just, George shops at Gap for Kids? <laughs> I know George shops at Gap for Kids. <laughs> I have, and to, you still get the twenty-eight short. <laughs> okay, 30, right, I mean, no, I go thirty-two. No, man. Over, over thirty-two, line, short over line for me. No, I can't. I'm out. Here's the thing: you save blood. a lot of money that way, right? right? You know, taking what I'm advantage of the sales. It's a little cheaper, bro. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> have you tried robbing from the Salvation <laughs> t-shirt Army? Number, t-shirt number two. It's, it's robbing cheaper, from bro. the Salvation. Yeah, if that's you just steal from the Salvation Army, that's a cheap way to get clothes too. It is, wow. but you're taking away from charity, right? No, but I'm Tell giving him. it See back what I gotta to deal myself. With <laughs> See what I got to deal with, here, man? You see what I'm dealing with? Taking away from charity. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do that. In fact. My wife, by the way, she goes through my closets and she takes my clothes without telling me and gives them to the Salvation Army. Like, she thinks I got too much. Awesome. Yeah, and I, well, I'm waiting. <laughs> she knows not to go into the geese. She's like, you have to get rid of, rid of She texts me before she goes and is like, George, any of these clothes you want? I'm like, yeah, like, yeah let, me, gonna, let me go through that. I'll make four pairs of pants out of these. Exactly right. You can use them I, don't, I pass up right. on the pants. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I mean, as as Derek says, I am. Uh, I have a grown up head, but I'm, <laughs> I'm like I'm a bobblehead with a grown up head or something. <laughs> Doesn't he look like Chael Sonnen? I, I got my hair is a little short right now for like Chael, the but, twins uh, version, like yeah. Chael Sonnen is Schwarzenegger and your Devito. Right. Yes. Well, love Danny DeVito. who doesn't not, love Danny not DeVito? Not a stocky. Get shorty, Danny he, DeVito. He looks like Shale from, from the side. Right. That's right. what I mean, doesn't he? The profile. Yeah. He's like chill. And when he's rolling. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that means. What's yeah, that he mean? He's complimenting you. You, oh, you roll like a awesome. Compliment. Oh, hey, compliment. Thank you. Thank you. He's kicking compliment. ass, man. Oh, hey. You heard how tough he was from GQ. I did, right? Right. Um. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> the first one I had. I understand why you're so emotionally attached to it. Yeah, I'm not going to let that one down. <laughs> um, so, 
What about the, uh, what's the future right now? What, yeah. are you, what are you doing? What's the plan? I know you don't have any Graveldons coming up. You're finishing up this trip here, going back, going to keep going. What are you looking, what, like, what are some of the big, you know, next couple of year plans? I know you said you wanted to, to run a new Graveldon in October. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a Graveldon in October. Mm-hmm. Um, still continuing to do the MMA writing. Yep. Um, work a little bit more on the Monte blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, if I can get motivated... Compete again. Oh, nice. are you serious? Yeah, I'm You're serious. serious. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's funny. We were just talking with uh, Nate Ryan last uh, week about, or last episode, about how some of that competition concept has changed. You know, I mean, I think as you get into the higher belts, I'll agree with what Nate said. It looks like. Obviously, there's technique, obviously, all these kind of things, but you've competed a lot. So it's, you're, not, you're not like on, oh, I got to learn how to compete mode. It, it, do you feel like uh, one of the things Nate said was that um, to a certain extent, it's, it's become who, who's the better jock, you know, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't being specifically who's the about. Athlete? Yeah, who's the that's athlete? what I mean. Yeah. It, it wasn't being specific to BJJ in his comment. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but do you feel like that's applicable? I mean, does it start with you going running every morning and lifting weights? And, you know, is, is that part of it? Or what do you think? For you. No, normally, like when I uh, train like for tournaments or, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I do a lot of um, positional rolling. Yep. I just do a lot of regular rolling, and sometimes I swim. I don't do any like strength and conditioning. I don't have time for that stuff. I have an eight-hour job. No, I understand, oh. but that's kind of what I was <laughs> I asking. Like, do you feel like that? Looking around at the competitions that you are, especially out where you're competing, you're competing in like the hotbed of of competition, mm-hmm. right? Are you seeing that that's happening? Where the people who are winning aren't just you know, whatever, belted, purple oh, yeah, belt, yeah, brown yeah. belt, but they're also turning into these monster athletes. Yeah, like, a lot of, there's a lot of people that, like, really, the main ones that win are the people that kind of take that extra step to adding, like, the athletic part of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm. such as the nutrition, the Gracie diet. Ooh, man, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed Aww. up, man. <laughs> they're, they're weight new, training. The weight training. The, the rolls, sometimes they'll drill like for an hour, roll for an hour. So it's like they're adding all these different components mm-hmm. just to get ready for that one tournament. Do you, you feel know, the pressure to do that yourself to compete or? Well, the reason, the, honestly, the reason I stopped competing is because I just got burnt out. I was oh, just okay. like I super, super I, tired. I know, right? yeah. And it's, so I was just like, you know, I'm just going to just take a break for a while. And then once I get ready, I'll just be back competing again. You know what the other the, the other aspect I think is interesting about about competing and I'm interested to get your feedback on this. And by the way, I'm thinking next year at the Pan Ams maybe hang out with the team. We'll be there. We'll, we'll, we're going to oh, be we, there. We will be there again because yeah, I, I was MIA at this one. Big yeah, time, it's a, dude. It's Big all time. Right. I, yeah, I was a, I was a little disappointed we didn't see you, but I know it's also it's, you know it's not easy to get there. And there's competing priorities, and there's lots of shit going on. Traffic, but, man. Traffic, traffic in LA is tra- there's traffic. It's uh, that tra- wasn't it, especially yeah. that whole <laughs> sea area. But right. uh, you know the psychology. We look at when you look at other professional sports or any sports in general. At the highest level, these guys are, you know, engaging with some, you know, the the 
psychology of competing and how to put yourself in the right mind. Going back to uh, Josh Waitzkin, right? Like talking about like how he learns and how he prepares his mind for these. Different yeah, jo- things. Josh Waitzkin on uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast right. has a, a fantastic uh, whole bit on that, which I know we've been passing around and, and paying attention. He yeah. has a, he has a book that I've been reading now. What's yeah. the book called? <laughs> Oh, that's like you haven't been reading that. You I don't even know how to read. read you don't know book. how to read. So going back to, to what you were saying, though, you were saying. Uh, so what are your thoughts? So, it, and this is a topic that's pretty important to me. Like when I compete, I have to put myself in the right frame of mind, and sometimes you have to you have to do it. A, you know, a lot of times before you figure out what that is, like. There's people that can just kind of go out there and do it. Bernardo Faria seems to just walk onto the mat. He's late to the mat. He's like, you know, out eating acai. And they're like, dude, they're calling your name. They're saying you're going to be disqualified if you're right. calling that. Okay. They called him <laughs> forever. He has the winner's attitude, which is they're going to win for me. You know what I mean? Me, but I think like, for most people, they have to put their mind in the right place to be able to compete at their best. Right. What do you think? You know, is that something that, that you personally have dealt with? And you, you know, I, I view it as the extra step, just like weight training or nutrition. Yeah, like for me, like when I when I compete, I try and just focus more so on how should I say this? Just focus on just doing my best. I don't. I try not to put myself like at a high pedestal because if I put myself at a high pedestal, then let's say something happens where I lose badly, then it's kind of like it's a big drop. It's a big drop. So if I go in there with this with this kind of attitude of let me just do my best and whatever happens happens. Then I can kind of walk away with the, my um, not so much a little bit of uh, motivation to keep going. Yep, like that's for, a really good way of putting it. Actually, like for example, when I did um my last term at Masters Worlds, I kind of went in with this idea like, look, you got to go in there and just do your best and see how you do at the highest level. Right. Even though I lost in the first round. Right. I mean, I kind of walked off with that attitude like, okay. Well, at least those, that tournament is. The high that and the pans are the are the, the highest, the highest level of jujitsu. Right. You're gonna there's the best guys in the world, and you're not exactly competing as a white belt or blue belt anymore. Those guys are. I mean, you look at the, if you're listening to this, go and look at the brackets that you see at at the at the at, at this year's worlds at this year's worlds or the master worlds. It's like they are stacked with legends. Yeah, I'm gonna legends. throw something else in from objectively. Obviously, we're all involved in the in the combat sport thing, but this isn't like a even boxing. It's a it's a sudden death. I mean, any time you can get knocked out, but chances totally. are you're probably gonna go six eight rounds. There's gonna be some time going on. What is the maximum what is the time for Masters Worlds on that first? Is it a five minute round or a three minute round? Um for purple belts it's six six minutes. Six. Okay, so bottom line is you got six minutes, right? So if you and I decided to go play ragaball, we're gonna play two out of three in a tournament to fifteen, right? Today? Yeah. There's a lot of like after the podcast? I will in a second. Bottom line is uh, I know I know a certain racquetball court we can go and use. No it's problem my, at all. It's, it's my favorite. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line is, you know, the minimum you're going to have 45 points going. You know, like at the minimum you're going to have 45 tries. It, most of the, pretty much most, imagine an NBA uh, basketball game that was played to eight points. Uh-huh. Like the, 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 the amount of, there's so many variables going on. Unless you're completely sandbagging, you're gonna you're not gonna walk in and just be like, "Bam, get out of my face, 
bam, get out of my face. Bam, get out of my face. Because if you're there in the wrong, you're in the wrong division, right? Like the hey. whole point is this is gonna be it's it, you, Have you I been don't drinking s- a lot of coffee no, today. I can't see how if I'm competing vitamin regimen. in this kind of situation. <laughs> I can't I can't George is on fire. Woo! <laughs> 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 I'm not quite not quite to Geritol yet, although I do know what it is. Did you know I can get a uh, I can get a, a coffee for fifty cents now at, at uh, if I went to me I don't go to McDonald's but because wow. of, because of my senior age. citizen yeah I was gonna say get out of anyway, here anyway uh, smokes so here's the thing I can't imagine going into these things going uh, the what is it uh, well Masters World is a big one but most of these things you got like four or five fights to the championship at mm-hmm. max right and they're they're six minutes or less each. How can you possibly tie your enjoyment of this fucking sport to that? It's like playing a golf tournament where you have one hole. Right. It's like, boom, I hate golf because I just fucking lost this one hole. You're like, someone's going to win six minutes or less from now. And if it's always you, you're in the wrong damn division. And by the so, way, unless you're in the opens, obviously, you know, there's, there's that. So you can't, I can't see tying your enjoyment and to whether or not you win. And some of the time, some of the time, the best guy does win. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And that does, I mean, you can, there's a million. But it's not a seven out of, you know, whatever, 14 out of. Styles make math. matchups. <laughs> you know what I mean? Five so out of nine. And the line, yep. I feel like the the line between winning and losing in a lot of these matches is so fine. Yeah. It's so fine. My, like yeah. matches that I've won, maybe even like by a big score, it really was one little thing that happened. Yeah, you it went my drag, way, right, yeah. and then it's like boom, boom, boom. And do you mean you can fine, lose that way? Do you too. mean fine like my fashion sense? Yeah, no. dude, you look good. Or fine like my haircut? Let's go back to fashion sense anyway. Yeah, um, I don't know, but I can't. I mean, <laughs> no, I have hair, a hair, haircut, right. baby gap. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right. It's <laughs> nice. so many, so many fights now back come to down fashion. to, <laughs> to He's a to, fashionista. Oh no, we're all serious now. Hang on, everybody, be serious. I just flip it. You know, you guys got to try to keep up. Uh, it's, I, I'm here. I'm here with you. I have a seventh grade serious face. My seventh grade science teacher would say too many variables. F. You, it's it's a it's a chaotic sudden death that's timed to a ridiculously short amount of time, mostly because you have so many people competing. But everybody and almost everybody, I'll bet you, except for the people who are really into this, if you just take a step back and you say, let's put these two fighters out there, I think normal people would go, let them fight until someone wins. That's it. Just keep going until someone wins gives up that would be awesome now, do you see pretty much everybody will agree with that now we also know you can't run a tournament that way boy that'd be a long tournament no no because well, you, be, well, yeah. but you see but so as a result you end up with this weird i'm not saying it's bad but it's just there's so many variables you slip you lose. look what happened one of our guys went out there and just did everything right and he's tried they did a lot of standing he's doing his things and he ends up running the guy off the mat and like one ref would have been like stalling for the guy who ran off the mat. And then the other guy, this guy's like, ah, just put him back at the beginning and start. That was the difference between winning and losing first round. And you were like, right. Ah, like sometimes it's just based on strategy. It's just so, totally. yeah, it's totally. And the thing is, piece. if this was really pure about it, you would keep going until someone, if I, if I tap out, if I give up, I just lost. Boom. Then you can at least kind of think, 
all right, I still might have fucked up. You still might have fallen into something or whatever. But then I could see tying that to an objective uh, reality of my result. Like Jay, as a coach, could say, all right, here's where this went wrong. In minute 37, when you were really gassed, you know what I mean? You That's started you choking the guy with your belt. Right. Right. And the hitman choke is that not is legal. Not cool. But what are you supposed to say? Like in 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 second one thirty-six to one thirty-eight, when you went to that hip and the guy just popped out, right? Mm-hmm. Or you popped you opened your guard and the guy just was waiting for you to open your guard. That's it. I hate this thing now. You can't. You no, can't it's not that it's not about losing it, is weird it's not Jitsu about, mirrors life. In competition, more and, and more than anything, more than anything, because guess what? When you make a mistake, you pay for you it. Pay. But guess what? You're not dead, right? Or you, know you mean? make you got to learn. For it. And there's no going learn, back and doing it over. It. There's no do overs. You learn from it and you move on. And you try again. That's that's life. That's yeah. what it is. No, right. but that's the comment I was making was that you know I'm uh, um, I don't compete uh, at least in jujitsu and uh, and and watching everybody's experience going to pens and all that. There's a lot of people that are coming away from that with a sort of they're not energized to train. They're they're energized to they kind of beating up on themselves or they're coming it's away with this thing and you're going coming that out of pants. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not talking about just our guys. I'm just talking about it in general. I think it also depends on the personality because there's some people that have like different like prior, priorities per se. Yeah. When they're competing. Like there's some people that'll be like, I want to be, you know, a world champion. Right. They're looking for sponsorship and and that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when the results don't come out their way, especially like when it comes down to the strategy and that, uh, and the whole ref's decision. Yeah. Then it's kind of like they had it it pretty much ran about it, you know, post a rant on Facebook and then it's almost like, they get unmotivated. They get angry. Well, they, the worst thing excuses. is, yeah, the worst excuses. thing is talking about on Facebook because now you're going to get really non-objective answers. You're going to get answers from people who are being motivated by things you can't see in their comments. Their comment might be like, you know, uh, you know, well, the, the guy was sandbagging or all this blah 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 blah. It doesn't. You can't tell. You can't feel it, and no, it just makes it worse. You know? Yeah, and it makes it worse because you know they have, you know they they post their rants on Facebook, and you know, you know they have friends, they have supporters, they have yeah. their quote unquote fans, right. Right. entourage, <laughs> entourage, right, right. So, and then, I you know that. they're, they're going to supposedly be like, hell yeah, yeah right. I you? agree with that. <laughs> that doesn't that, uh, that doesn't do anything. That yeah. just recipients makes it, it worse. People, <laughs> people who are super creative, you know, uh, certainly the people that I look up. Up, up to or creative will will say that um, someone over complimenting you is equally as bad for your art as someone telling you you suck. Don't like, believe the hype, dude. Well, it's it it either way. Either way, there it's lock. It's freezing you. So if someone says you know whatever you let's say you uh, write a piece and someone writes that's the biggest piece of bullshit I've ever read. You're just lying the whole time, and you know you're not. It's going to freeze you a little bit, or down the line, it's not. But I mean, right? Especially as a you know, new writer, maybe you might you get frozen. You're like, "What the fuck did I do wrong?" Yeah. Right? But then someone coming along and going, "Man, you're the best writer ever. I can't believe that was so good. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the best writer ever." That's going to freeze you too, because you're going to think, "What did I do to make that happen?" You know, I think that kind of thinking really does fit jujitsu a lot. Exactly. I think, a lot. I think the if, if you're going to compete, again, this is just my opinion coming in here, throwing it out for you guys. But if you're going to compete, you're going to go in, you know what happened. You know what happened. 
it, obviously it's important what your coach says. Until you get it's choked out, and then you don't. No, no, know. no. But you know, <laughs> you know like, when you when you when you started to compete, what you know happened? I was winning and I got caught, or I was. I was. I can't believe I was winning, <laughs> and I won. You know what happened, and nobody else needs to really tell you about that. You know what happened. What they need to tell you about is how to improve and all that kind of stuff. But everybody else is either going to make you feel better, or feel worse, or blah blah blah. But you already know what happened. Have you seen the movie The Boiler Room? I've heard of that movie. It's, uh, it's got Giovanni Ribisi. No. And it's got Ben Affleck. But I'll def- I'll watch it as homework if you want. So so Ben Affleck is talking about like oh you know, it's got it's, Ben Affleck. I'm sure I haven't seen it, so I will watch it despite. The uh, it's actually a really good movie. Okay, uh, after should, Batman, no more no more Ben Affleck. Is it a book? Because I'll read the book. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 a, it's a good movie about it's a, if you if you it's a badass movie. So right. stock anyway, trading. So he talks about yeah, it's a stock trading so movie. Not, totally, my and he's movie. talking about getting on the phone with uh, you know with with the people you're trying to sell stock to. He's like, act as if, act as if you've fucking been here before. And these guys that get on That's the mat, the and when they lose, everything, the world is over. Or if they right. win, now they are president of the United States of right, America. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not like that. Is this that. your it's last like, competition? Is yeah, that it's it? Like, no, dude, just to right. relax, just a little bit. Like yeah. I'm glad you won, but like. Act as if you've been here before. You still got to go to work on but, Monday. And then that's still got to work. Yeah, you got to get on a plane and go home. Yeah, regardless. That, and it's going to suck. And nobody there where you're going to cares. Because Jiu Jitsu don't pay money. Because no. Jiu Jitsu don't pay money. No, but that, that points to that experience as well. Those people, I haven't seen the movie, but using your allegory there, I'd imagine if you've already been there, you don't even have to act like you've already been there. You've already been there. Yeah. Like, but you're looking at Faria. Faria's like, oh, let's get some acai, right? Because yeah. he, or, he, he he's been already there not, but he's not even acting. He's not acting. That's what yeah. I'm getting at is you don't, yeah. I mean, the same thing. You go watch someone like Bob Dylan. People don't even have any idea what he's even saying anymore. But it doesn't matter. He's not like, oh, maybe I should enunciate more. <laughs> he's just no, going to do nothing, what he does. Nothing, nothing right? is going to help his ability to sing. Oh, it's he, so he bad. can speak completely normally. He just that's what he does. Ozzy Osbourne. You can understand point, him when he sings. Cheating is, bastard. But but when he's talking, who knows what like he's like saying? Like getting divorced or some shit <laughs> like, like that? Should, that should be a subtitle for Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> you cheating <laughs> bastard? <laughs> cheating bastard. <laughs> yeah, country country way, song, Ozzy I love, Osbourne. I love the way you're taking not, Sharon's side on this right, I mean, well, who she, knows? She seems so awesome. <laughs> she does seem awesome. I mean, she's a, if, if it wasn't for Sharon, Ozzy would probably be dead. <laughs> yeah, but what for Sharon, Ozzy would be dead. Yeah, okay. Did you just uh, as the, the mic? only as the o- no <laughs> the only as the only person oh, whatever I'll just yeah. <laughs> the music industry is full of sharks and bigger sharks and sharks that are bigger than sharks. You're calling Sharon a shark. God, she is a master at this shit. She's going straight to heaven, <laughs> and she makes apple pies every day. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> what were we talking about before Ozzy? <laughs> What well, you don't want to talk about Ozzy anymore? Here's the thing. Doesn't Ozzy do jujitsu? Ozzy does not do jujitsu. No. So no, if that's you, a problem, then we can drop the topic right now. I mean, I don't trust anybody who doesn't do jujitsu. Right? Seriously, I mean, here's you know, I don't know about this. If if you're putting that much into a jujitsu match, and I, I mean, I don't know, I lose, I'm okay, I don't want to lose, but I've lost, and then I come back and I train harder and I try to fix the thing. I'm not like yeah, I str- jumping off the bridge. I struggle with it a, a little bit. I don't but, like it, but but I, you know, I get to a. Here's the thing, especially at those tournaments when you're going. Guess what? First of all, 
Eventually, you're going to lose. Yeah. You might be the best, but you're going to no, lose. Somebody's going to beat you. You're going to lose right off the top, yeah. too. You know? Somebody's you know going mean? to beat you. But uh, I, I think that you have to, you know, unless you think that really you are the best in the world, you have to put in perspective what it is that you're trying to achieve in your in your competition life. You know what I mean? I'm not saying the last thing I'm telling you to do is that you should go to competitions purely for the experience because then you miss what this is about. Right. It's about you gotta putting try to win. win. You, you got to try, try to win. win. Right. But I really think that you know, you have to put these things in perspective as as to what it really means. It's not the end of the world. Guess what? They're going to have another one of these tournaments next, yeah. next right. week. Next yeah. year. Yeah, the tournaments all, all the time. Yeah, if it's like an IBJJF Open, like right. there the next week, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like after the New York Open. Guess what? Just wait like two weeks. Go to Boston. Boston. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I think that w- that will block... When you get all upset about that and you make it such, such such a heavy emotional moment, either winning or losing, you forget about the things that you learned in the process. Right. And those things are the most important things that improve your jujitsu and improve your outlook on jujitsu from one tournament to the next. I think about the things that I learned training for the world championships and for the pans. And the great experience it is going yeah, with your, going, with your exactly. family. Yep. You know, but there, that was there are, the best part. There are literally technical pieces of my game that have changed sure. training for those tournaments. Whereas if you just wash it away and say that fucking sucked, I'm going to F the refs and <laughs> right. F the yeah. IBJJF. And I, like, you're going to miss. You're not going to change anything. Like Bruce Lee said, you will miss out on all that heavenly glory. Yeah. Yeah. I think to, from the pans to now, whenever the pans were, when were the pans? A couple March, months ago? March. March, April. So whatever. March, April. A couple months. My jujitsu game has completely changed since then, I think. Well, it's interesting. Just stop. What you're saying is your jujitsu game. Just stop talking. No, 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 stop, no, 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 no. I'm just saying freeze it. Like, your jujitsu game isn't what you were doing at the pans. It's now, right? It's now, man. Right. That's but you just did it. That was the cool. You're just like you're focusing on the heavenly glory, right? Yeah, man. Right. Like it's that's now. the thing. The jujitsu game uh. is now. It's not during the competition. You're not, it's, you're it's not almost, your job. I'm so yeah. That's right. You're not your khakis, you're bro. Not your khakis, bro. Yeah, it's so almost profound. like it's almost like that small experience you had at the Pan Ams. You use that to build for the future. That's it, man. That's, that's it. That's it. You just nailed just, it, man. Right. You just I believe that's what that. It's about. That's it. And it's just a small experience. It's not everything. I, and I know the, what uh, I need to go and do yeah. now. As the token old dude at the uh, table, I can tell you that the competition... Future competitor at the Pan Ams? The, the competition comes and goes, but that's not what your experience with any of this stuff is. But the glory is forever? Well, I mean, why do you... Yeah. <laughs> Pain's All temporary. token aside, yeah. Yeah. The glory is forever. It's not the glory of winning per se, although that fucking is awesome too. That also lasts forever. But especially the pilgrimage, you, especially you have kids because they're like, oh my god, the, the memory. I, I, I would say, I would say the memories but, last forever. The oh, glory yeah. kind of no, but the, the glory fades over the glory, time. Fades no, over no, 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 no. But the, you, when you're 38 and you're on the right. mat like six months later and you're like, <laughs> I can't feel the right side of my, my face because right. I got choked so hard. <laughs> the glory is not there. There's no glory. You just like you guys. The memories are there. Right. old farts. The glory is what we did today is rolling today. Like I didn't see three or four years ago when I started this thing with, uh, with well, I started in Rhode Island and ended up up here going, oh yeah, you know, this guy Monte is going to come in from LA and we're going to have a great role. You know, just kind of training some shit. It's, it's great. It's fucking great. It's a really cool way of going through life is training, you know, a number of times uh, a day. And it's awesome, man. 
you know? So anyway, I believe we need to pull this together. Yeah, right? if you're ever in Ep- L.A., right? If you're ever in L.A. On a Monday. So on the, a Monday. The Academy name is Hibero. Hibero, Los Angeles. Hibero, Los Angeles. Go there. Monte. Get some good train. Look up Monte Wiley. Look up Grapplethon. Uh, Monte Monte uh, blog Monte Monte blog. Yep. What are the? Uh, is there a website for Grapplethon or is it on Facebook? Um, you can just follow. You can just follow the uh, Grapplethon news group on Facebook. Nice, awesome. Look him up. Read what he's writing. Dude knows what he's talking about. Monte, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you. Awesome experience coming back to train again. Yeah. Uh, have you on the podcast? Obviously, thank you for the grapplethon you did with Danny. That was a huge, huge, huge piece, and it brought a lot of people together. So thank you for that, and uh, just thank you for everything you do, man. Thank you for having me, and thank you for your friendship. Yeah, buddy, you, you do amazing it, things, man. And all you people out there, train hard and have a positive mental attitude. PMA, PMA all day. What? what?